Welcome to episode 36 of the Champs and Chums podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ashton. Father-son fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 36, serving up some racket, one championship point at a time. We'll go one-on-one and best of with pro tennis player, Canadian Olympian, and U.S. college star, Vanessa Webb. We've got your summertime treats. Father-son free-for-all will go gold, silver, bronze for summer-inspired athlete games. And we'll head for home on episode 36 with our special segments. All Pro Go, a did-you-know sports spotlight, and champs and chums personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on episode 36 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy August, everybody. We hope you're having an awesome August, an amazing month. It's Anthony and Ashton. So glad that you're with us here for episode 36 of Champs and Chums. And as I always have the pleasure and privilege to do, pleased to uh, introduce here to episode 36 and welcome my co-host, Ashton. Ashton, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great and I can't wait to uh, start this episode. Well, absolutely. It's an action-packed August, an action-packed uh, episode for sure, Ash. And we got a lot of fun things that we're going to get into on this. Uh, well, I guess it's kind of like a salute to the summer. The, yeah. It's kind of winding down. How you feeling the feeling about all that? Well, uh, back to school starting. Um, I'm happy because I'm going to go see my friends. going to learn a lot uh, in grade five. And I'm just going to have the best time at school. Well, that's a great attitude. We talk a lot about that on Champs and Chums, having a great attitude for big things to come, big things ahead. Uh, and uh, yeah, so glad to hear you say that. I mean, but let's recap as we always do. We had uh, a really busy and awesome August. Uh, we've had a chance to do a lot of different things, but let's set the scene here, everybody. We, uh, it, it's kind of a special, special episode here because I guess you could say, Ashton, this is our first ever remote broadcast for champs and chums how about a a clap for that and uh maybe a little fist bump to start the show off early uh so fans just so you know uh we're here at a long time champs and chums uh family cottage up in the beautiful uh places and sights and sounds of muskoka lake so uh part of the show uh, you'll be hearing us uh, broadcast from here. So this this kind of puts it into real great summer perspective, Ash. And uh, give the fans a sense of what it's like up here in uh, Muskoka Lakes. Well, it's uh, beautiful. Every day you just uh, wake up and uh, go upstairs and you look outside to the beautiful water. Uh, and uh, I love jumping in the water as well. And um, it's been uh, so far an amazing experience being here. 
Well, it sure has. And, uh, you know, at the time of this recording, it was, it's been almost picture perfect up here in Muskoka Lakes because it's only rained, uh, one of the days. And, um, so yeah, as you said, Ashton, it's very picturesque. It's just beautiful. It's such a, uh, a great time to be out having, uh, some, some fun, uh, in the sun and, uh, catching up with champs and chums and meeting some new champs and chums, which you'll have the, uh, pleasure everybody of uh of listening to uh, on this uh, special episode of uh, champs and chums episode 36 but uh we would be remiss ashton if we didn't thank uh the humble hosts uh of this uh great adventure that we have lined up here in, in muskoka to uh, thank uh, uh mark and kyle for uh their um just first of all for inviting us up here but but above all for all their great friendships so uh, what do you want to say to uh to Zio, Mark, and uh, Kyle. Well, I want to thank them for coming over, uh, for letting us coming over, uh, come over, and um, I think it was amazing seeing Kyle golf the first two days. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right, everybody. Uh, Ashton and I got up here uh, earlier in the week, and uh, we saw Kyle uh, take part in a, a GAO a Ontario Amateur Championship. Ashton, why don't you tell the fans a little bit about that? Yeah, it's an amazing tournament uh, for, uh, it's under 13, so uh, many kids can join, and um, it's an amazing tournament, and uh, Kyle tied for 25th, and he did an amazing job there. Well, he sure did, so uh, we were uh, part of the, I guess you could say the gallery that was walking up 17 to 18 to uh, to see him take part, and uh you know, Ashton, as you mentioned, I mean, this is not just for any anybody to sign up for. You you have to make this this event. So it's kind of a, a small uh, collection of great golfers from that age group, as you mentioned, uh, boys and girls. So um, yeah, uh, big uh, big bumps to uh, to our chum Kyle for doing a really great job. He finished in the middle of the leaderboard, and I tell you. Ashton, like his dad was saying as we were walking up uh, 1718, you know, had a lot of greens in regulation. It's just, you know, uh, I guess the putter wasn't working as well as he thought that day. Yeah, but it's all but it's all okay because um, tying for 25th in a uh, tournament where there's about at least 40 or 45 boys is uh, pretty impressive. For sure, you know, Ashton, and uh, it, it sure is. So uh, that's great that we've got champs and chums that are involved in all the elements of sports life and friendship. So uh, good of you to note that for sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've been up here at the cottage and you've had back-to-back uh, weeks of cottage time. I mean, why don't you give the, the fans uh, some, some highlights of uh, some of the things that you've been doing uh, cottage-wise? Well, um, here I love playing pool. Um, <laughs> you start with the indoor stuff too. Well, you know, that's what the great Ken Dryden, the hall of famer would say, everybody, you kind of have to work from the net out on anything in life. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pool. So not I, swimming pool. We're talking pool. Yep. We're talking okay. the game pool. Um, I also love hanging out outside, um, and going on the speed boat. Oh yes, what a lot! Yeah, that uh, two um, uh, beautiful um, uh, works of art on the water that uh, that the Tory family have up here. Yeah, the speedboat for sure. Yeah, and then there's that uh, bigger. Uh, I guess you call it like a cruise pontoon kind of a boat. Yeah, that's where we went. That's the boat we took to Touchstone. Oh, that's right. 
Yeah, the, the, a lot of the champs and chums had some fun over at Touchstone there. It's uh, It was a boat ride about, what was it, uh, five, seven minutes maybe? Might have been about three or oh, four or five that. minutes, yeah, okay. about that. Well, why don't you tell the fans about that experience over at Touchstone in Muskoka Lakes? Well, Touchstone was amazing because you can just sit outside. Um, we went a bit later, uh, and it's like around dinner time, and when it got pitch dark it was beautiful outside there they had like touchstone is a whole resort um and, and apparently the word on the street is that uh, the famous vanessa hudgens who was filming a movie up in uh muskoka lakes there stayed there is what yeah. i heard and uh they have an infinity pool amazing outdoor patio to uh see the night stars and um it's really amazing and you're really when you're outside dining there you're just really appreciating the outdoors of muskoka lakes well i mean i appreciate everything about that wonderful night except the mosquitoes yes who seem to be uh, uninvited they, there they, were they a came lot to our mosquitoes. table yes there uninvited were too many too. mosquitoes because <laughs> i've i killed a lot of them yeah. Uh, I just gave them the little slap. And... You, did, you didn't hand them the bill after, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good stuff. Well, so let's let's keep moving here, right? Because, you know, like I said, you kind of had some uh, back-to-back uh, weeks of, uh, of cottage experience at the time of this recording. Here we are in Mis- lovely Muskoka Lakes. What are some of the other things that you've been uh, doing? Well, uh, I really enjoyed um, here probably... Uh, Definitely waking up uh, to the beautiful sunrise and just seeing the water, just looking out, feeling... What were some of the activities you did? Because you made a wonderful, some wonderful debuts, if you will, on the water. I seem to remember... Uh, yes, I did. Tubing and... Uh, tubing was... Tubing what was, was now, one. Explain to the listeners what kind of an experience it was. Because you kind of did two different tubes. You had sort of your part one... And that one kind of so-so results, but then you the next day, your Zio Mark set up a, a nice uh, sitting a tube. plan B, a sitting tube. That's right. Yeah. So tell the fans how that went. So I definitely did not like the uh, kind of like you had to hold on with your knees like on the tube. It was so hard to do that because I just fell off right away. Um, and... I think the sitting tube was actually better because, I don't know, it was just more relaxing and you didn't feel like you were going to fall off. So Well, for sure. And, you know, shout out to Zio Mark, of course, too. He's a licensed uh, boat driver. He, he uh, took every care in the world, right, to make sure that he had enough speed so, the, so those kind of things didn't tip. But he uh, made sure that uh, he, he watched and we had spotters and everything else. So everything was all safe and, and good and fun. Yep. Would you do it again, Ashton? Yes. yes Excellent. Sir. Great to hear. And then, of course, chum of chums as well, too. Uh, uh, Father Blake and son uh, Liam were up, and, and Blake brought a, quite a fine toy up to the up to Muskoka Lakes. Yeah, he brought out the sea and uh, that was probably a great thing. It's it's it is a great thing to go on. It's um, it's very nice just going out on the sea and uh, just driving around Muskoka Lakes, and uh, it doesn't get any better than that on the sea 
Sure does, right? So yeah, a lot of fun there. And I uh, think trying to think now of all the other wonderful things we've done up here. I mean, marshmallows, uh, ball hockey games. Uh, and then we're going to get into actually one of the fun evening games. But, yes, we are. That, that, is, that is a game that involves one of Ashton's favorite uh, indoor games, which is pool. We'll get into that because there's a fun backstory there. But of course, you had uh, some more cottage time too. And I, I heard you caught a big fish. Is that right? Yeah. Why don't you tell the fans about the, the one that didn't get away? Well, I mean, it went off my hook after I reeled in, but I caught a, I don't know how big it was. It probably might have been half the size of a normal bass, but I caught, like, probably if I were to hold it in my hands, probably about four to five pounds, uh, and that was probably the biggest fish I ever caught, and, um... I caught uh, three more, um, and I caught two on the first day, and then one, I think, on Tuesday or Wednesday, and then I caught the last one Friday morning. Well, that's outstanding, man. It must have been all that great energy when we were uh, researching the previous episode. Fans, you might remember we did Father, Son, Free for All for fish-inspired athlete names. Yeah. So it must have been all that, Ashton, that helped you reel in all those great catches there up at Cottage. Good stuff. Well, listen, it hasn't just been all about Cottage time. There's been a lot of other fun things that have occupied this awesome August here uh, for your champs and chums. Um I mean, but let's let's actually start up because, you know, Ashton, I got a little sweat here right now. You know, can can you see the sweat that's coming off my uh, forehead right now? Yeah. Touching over just my brow. Yes. Um. So fans, what Ashton is trying to tell you, what the doctor actually has told me, is that I've got Blue Jays fever. Everybody. Yes. You Ashton, do. do you feel you got Blue Jays fever? Yeah, I do. Um. Definitely, um, I still have it now, but I get it even more when I'm uh, in downtown uh, Toronto. Downtown Toronto, yeah. walking up Bremner Street, heading up to Gate 5 or 6. I mean, fans, the Toronto Blue Jays have gone on a real impressive run to get back, not into even just the wildcard conversation, which they're in right now, but they're actually now looking to make a run on the Yankees who've come back down to earth a little bit. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, we be very careful not to talk uh, uh, too largely and loudly about viruses, but I've got Blue Jay fever and this is a good one to have everybody. The Toronto Blue Jays are making a big run. I'm feeling Ashton, some playoff baseball here in Toronto this fall. What do you think? Yeah, I do too. Now, what do you, why do you think that? Well, I mean, uh, the Blue Jays have been doing amazing uh, so far, and um, if they keep continuing this kind of pace, uh, they will advance in the wild card. And uh, I think, um, as I might have said last episode, they might win the World Series. That's right. You did, and uh, you're still sticking to that, are you? Yeah, I still am. Well, it's going to be a fight to get to that uh, uh, Holy Grail, the World Series trophy. Uh, But, uh, um, you know, nothing great comes easy, right? So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun summer. And, yeah, Ash, and we went down to, geez, it would have been floppy hat day. Yep. 
hot off the uh, uh, the Vladdy Daddy visit to get the bobblehead. We lined up everybody to get this floppy head. Now, what do you explain to Asha, and how, how valuable do you think it is to summertime fun? Well, uh, summertime fun meaning this summer, how it was fun? Yeah, no, meaning like how does the floppy hat help you oh, okay. continue summertime so, fun? I've got some ideas. You know, I'd love to hear yours. It's end of summer. Um, if this was released probably July, let's say, it would have been a great helper, and it still is because the blazing heat, That's as right. you guys, as everyone knows, because we've got many heat warnings, and um, it's been passing the uh, 30s. So uh, I think it's useful to cover your back, your shoulders, your face. It's very effective. Well, let me replace the floppy with another F word: flexible. Yeah. It's extremely flexible hat. Yeah, you can move it. Um, and actually, I'll give you another F word, fashionable as well, too. Yep. Sporting around in your Blue Jays attire. That's the floppy hat. We got that. And at the time of this recording, Ashton, we're all pumped and primed for a doubleheader weekend that um, hopefully fans at the time of uh, episode 37, when we bring this to you in September will be giving you the pictures and descriptions of a championship jacket that young Ashton and I hope to uh, to earn. Uh, what do you think it's going to take, Ashton, to get our mitts on that championship jacket? Well, uh, as, <laughs> as I told you, um, and you kind of believed me there when I told you this last night, I think there would people there would be people sleeping outside of Rogers Center just waiting to get that bomber well, jacket. It's interesting you say that because a great friend of the show, a chum of mine and yours, Gordon, was saying the very thing. He said, "Double A, do you think you actually have to pitch a tent?" Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, we'll give you a full update, fans, on the next episode of that. But uh, let's keep moving, Ashton. I mean. Uh, Blue Jays baseball, so exciting. We both got Blue Jays fever. We talked about uh, golf, right? We had another round. Well, actually, it was a round for me. It's been a very long time since I've been out to that beautiful public course in Brampton, uh, Peel Village. But um, thanks for taking me out there. Yeah, it's fun. And um, I went to golf camp there, as I previously said on the air. And um, it's it's just an amazing course, and I um, uh, had lots of fun times there. Speaking of amazing courses, this is another kind of thing that I hadn't gone in years, and, and you had an opportunity to go for the first time. But there's some amazing amusement and indoor co courses over at the famous, the legendary Dave & Buster's. Yeah. What was that like to go into that? I mean... You know, you've been to some great indoor amusement um, facilities here in Brampton. Uh, I guess when you were a bit younger, Glowzone 360. And you know what? Shout out to our friends at Glowzone 360. It continues to be a great destination uh, than Palladium. But what about Dave & Buster's? Well, Dave & Buster's is uh, pretty good. And um, I think it's very big. Um, they have lots of games. And I liked one game in certain, which was um, this uh, pitching game where you had to pitch uh, 
to like the target, which was like oh, 32 right. tickets or something like that. And yeah, uh, Dave and Buster's was uh, overall just fun. And Are you telling me you found your inner Alex Manoa there at Dave and Buster's? Maybe because I, I did hit the target like once you or did, twice. You did, and certainly the big Alex Manoa. I would say, dare say, the anchor on on the staff of the Jays. Uh, well, that's great, Ashton, and uh, yeah, lots of fun things to do. That's over at four hundred and Highway Seven, everybody. If you uh, you haven't had a chance to check that out, they got uh, lots of square footage of family fun. Uh, speaking of fun and downtown travels, Ashton, um, I, I'm kind of thinking about. Um, well, I guess the best way to to say this is, I need to wave a magic wand right now. Because you you uh, you had a chance to experience um, uh, the um, the theatrical rendition live of Harry Potter. Why don't you tell the fans about that? Yeah, um, I got uh, my first interest for Harry Potter in twenty twenty one, and um, that's sticking with me because this year. Uh, my Halloween costume is going to be Harry Potter. Oh, so. you already let the uh, the cat out of the bag, as it were, eh? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay, so there you go, for, uh, folks. Some breaking news. Uh, a uh, Halloween costume has all already been identified for my co-host. And um, I think Harry Potter is a great book series. Now let's well let's 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 translate the book to the stage, right? I mean, without giving it away, because we know some of you listeners at home may may very well be checking out that show. Uh, why don't you give them what sort of what the Ashton Alfred review is on uh, on Harry Potter, the theatrical rendition? Yeah, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child live from uh, the Mervish Theater in Toronto. It was an amazing experience. I give it a 10 out of 10, except for those scary monsters that like oh, yeah. went over the stage. Wow. And you said that was the best part, but it was so scary. <laughs> well, that was probably the best part because it actually uh, woke me up a little bit. But uh, yeah. <laughs> if truth be told, everybody here live on episode 36, you're hearing it from dear old, that, dear old dad. Well, Ashton, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I know you enjoyed it. And, uh, if you enjoy it, I think that's great. And uh, I, I enjoyed a lot of the, I guess, the technical production of it. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I haven't been to that theater in a really long time. So it was great to experience that with you. Uh, speaking of experiencing things as well, I mean, we, you know, s summertime is a great time to, to be out and about and around as, as we have done. Uh, you actually made um, sort of the pilgrimage into downtown Toronto the heart of downtown Toronto, if you will, to experience a part of Toronto you never saw before, which was sort of the Eaton Centre. And uh, you went down the TTC. Uh, why don't you tell the fans a bit about that? Well, yeah, it was fun taking the TTC down and um, the Eaton Centre. Actually, we didn't even explore half of the mall. <laughs> Cause so it's, big. Because it's so big. Um, I think how they built the Eaton Centre was very smart. They made lots of small shops, uh, so there could be space for bigger shops as well. And I just think that was a smart way of building the Eaton Center, and uh, it was so huge. Like I, that's the biggest mall I've ever been to. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, shout out to uh, one of our uh, our great originals of Champs and Chumps. To shout out to the Power Girls, especially Serena. We kind of made that trek down there to 
to help her orient because she, everybody, next month is going to be debuting in university at the Ted Rogers School of Business uh, down at Metropolitan University. So proud of her. And uh, yeah, you look out for another superstar coming into Metropolitan University there. Uh, she's going to do amazing things. Hey, Ashton? Yeah. Good stuff. Well, um, boy, that's been quite a nice run we've had on a very awesome and busy August. Um, and, you know, with, with summer kind of winding down, Ashton, the, of all the things, and we played a lot of this sport, I kind of wish we actually had a chance to swing the racket around and play a little tennis. What, what, what do you say? Yeah, hopefully we can do it sometime um, maybe this month. Um, just sneak it in before school starts or, uh, early September, uh, hopefully we can swing the rackets around. Well, fans, you heard a little bit about tennis and, and the gap and the void that it's kind of left us a little bit as we've gone on to all our fun summer activities. So we kind of felt, Ashton, that it was important to fill that void, at least for episode 36, because we have a spectacular guest from the tennis world uh everyone so we're going to uh well ashton why do you let them know who's going to be our best of guest here on episode 36 our best of guest is pro tennis player canadian olympian and u.s college star vanessa webb wow what an impressive guest uh she uh, she is uh, that's vanessa webb former wta tour player played nine seasons on the wta tour continues to make such outstanding impact for the growth of the game. Um, you know, I, I had the pleasure and privilege of uh, teaming up with Vanessa during my great and proud time at Tennis Canada for six years. Uh, and um, yeah, that's a great interview that we had catching up on some great stories, great memories. And uh, she's such a thoughtful, intelligent, um, a thought leader when it comes to looking at perspectives on on uh, on the game and what more could be done and uh she's got impressive credentials so she's the first ashton did you get this she's the first uh canadian to win an ncaa individual title how about that well that's an amazing record to uh be set that's right duke university uh grad uh four stellar years there you don't want to miss it that's vanessa webb our best of guest coming up later on in the program good stuff well ashton it's now time i can't tell you in recent memory probably one of the most special uh segments that we've done in the history of our father-son free-for-all segments on champs and chums we're pleased to be joined by a very special father-son team that uh we hold so deep in our hearts that's Mark and Kyle. So uh, Ashton, um, what do you how what do you first of all welcome to the pro- welcome to the program, uh, Mark and Kyle. Uh, so great to have you here. How do you feel to be on Champs and Chums first ever live remote? As we told you early on in this segment, um, at the time of this recording, we've done part of it actually here in lovely Muskoka. So uh, great to have you on the show, longtime champ and chum. Uh, how do you feel? Well, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having us and being uh, making us a part of this momentous occasion. It is momentous indeed, and it's so great to have Kyle on the show. Um, I think you're going to bring more than your dad on on this episode 36. What do you What do you think? Yeah, it's a it's a great experience. Um, 
and uh, thank you for having me on the show. Oh, well, you know what? It's our pleasure. You're a champ and chum for sure. And Ashton, let's go around the table here because, you know, if, um, if this was videotaped, everybody, you would see how impressive this setup is here live as we're made at the time of this recording in lovely Muskoka. Ashton, uh, what, do, what do you want to say to, uh, to Zio, Mark, and, uh, and Kyle for joining us in episode 36? Well, uh, thank you for coming on the show and joining us in the history, let's say, of Champs and Chums. And uh, it's so great to have you here uh, with us because this is our first ever remote broadcast. And um, it's our first time having guests on not only the best of segment, but now the free-for-all segment. Amazing, amazing. So you guys are uh, are leading the way. You're forerunners in this, so we really appreciate it. And, but let's dial back, uh, fans and, and listeners at home, right? Well, let, let's add some context in terms of how uh, these champs and chums came into our life. Because after all, everybody, uh, father-son, fun talk, sports life and friendship, it really comes into focus when we talk about these two champs and chums. So, uh, Chief Dottori, why don't you talk a little bit and let the fans know, how did we meet? Well, we met uh, at Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, as I'm sure many of your longtime listeners know. Anthony Alfred, AA, is, yeah. uh, was the former communications manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I was his counterpart on the Toronto Raptors. So we got That's to a know. a long time ago, man. Like that is a long time we're ago. We're talking, <laughs> I think it's actually coming up to, uh, what, what is that, the, the 25 uh, year uh, yeah, anniversary of our friendship. Of, yep. So it's, it's an amazing thing. Um, yeah, and it's, it's amazing how sports actually can create a lot of friendships. We have, you know, bouncing off the two of us, other great friendships and mutual friends as well, too. So it's amazing how yep. sports can do that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I was a big proponent. How I got involved in sports was I was uh, a, an athlete, a good athlete, not a great athlete. And I was trying to figure out how I could stay involved in sports um, kind of after my playing career was done. And uh, learned about a sports administration program uh, up in Sudbury at Laurentian University and basically took that to try and stay involved in the game. And I was very fortunate to have an internship at the Canadian Football League that turned into a full-time position that uh, led to my time uh, where we met at the uh, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. Yeah, and I mean, geez, I mean, uh, both of us have uh, just a, a huge lineup of stories. I mean, your experience in, in, in sports, I know you've branched off to some other uh, tremendous sectors as well too, but I mean, you know, Mark, I mean, rugby, basketball. You want to talk a little bit about those great experiences too? Yeah, so I, I had a really unique time of working both in professional and amateur sport at, uh, as Anthony mentioned, at the at the national level with rugby, with basketball, got involved with basketball again, uh, with the Canadian Paralympic Committee, and uh, kind of mid-career decided I'd, I'd take a little of a turn and, uh, and start teaching sport management. So I got my doctorate uh, at the University of Ottawa, and I Currently, uh, I teach at Algonquin College in their sport management program, and uh, and uh, I'm a postdoctoral fellow in sport communications at McMaster University. Oh, that's amazing! Tremendous resume, uh, you know, and in, in, in sports. And uh, your boy, let's bring you into the conversation now, Kyle. Right? Because, I mean, like father, like son, everybody. You know, your great experiences in sports and all the wonderful things you've done. Like, I mean, Ashton and I've come to know all your great talents whether it be hockey or 
or golf and actually at the time ashton why don't why don't you share with the fans you know we've been up here for for a good week but we also saw uh kyle take part in a big golf event yeah it was a golf ontario event and it was the under 13 uh golf ontario championship uh, for boys and girls, and Kyle tied for fifth, uh, 25th, and uh, he did amazing. I saw his drives. He he was consistently hitting at least fairway or uh, green. Greens in regulation, amazing, as, as Dad would, uh, was telling me as we walked up some of the holes. But, like, it, this, Ashton, this is amazing for us because I feel we've got, like, a rising star, not just golf. But let's let's bring you into the conversation, Kyle. How did it feel to compete in an Ontario Amateur Championship? Tell the tell the fans, the listeners, what did it feel like? What's the preparation? What did it all take for you to get there? Yeah, it uh, it felt good. Um, it was my first Golf Ontario event. Uh, yeah, it took place at the uh, South Muskoka Golf and Crewing Club, obviously, uh, just down the road. Um, yeah, it was a good experience. And uh, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, Kyle's practiced a lot this year in golf. Uh, he's taken some golf lessons. He does some playing lessons a little bit and uh, certainly improved. I, uh, even myself, I play a lot of golf with him, and uh, I have to be on my A game. Otherwise, uh, I'm in trouble. I won't lie to you. Well, we saw you out from, you know, tee to green. You were so competitive out there, and it was uh, so nice of you guys uh, to have us out uh, up here as well, too, but to see you perform as well, too. Now, you've got some other sports that you have a passion for as well, too. Uh, do you want to share it with the listeners? Uh, yeah, I play uh, hockey, golf. I play a bit of tennis every now and then. Now, let's talk about the hockey, right? Because a lot of people are, it's August now, everybody. Hard to believe we're deep into August. We're getting ready for the fall. Puck drop starting, and uh, here we go. Um, hockey season's going to begin, begin. I mean, what position do you play, the team you play for, and uh, what do you think the prospects are for the coming season for your team? Yeah, I, uh, I play goalie. Um, I play for the Stittsville Rams right now. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to make it competitive this year. Very good. Well, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. And, uh, and maybe, you know, maybe your dad can be coach, right? Because I've I known your dad for a very long time. He's got a wealth of knowledge and experience. What do you say, Chief? Well, I actually have been his coach since, oh, yeah. uh, since uh, what's it, uh, uh, initiation, IP. Oh, okay. So I've been an assistant coach, uh, and as he decided to play goalie, I am actually now a level two goalie coach as well, if you can believe it. Well, so, cheers to that, Jeff. Even though I have never sure. played a look at goalie in my life. Well, oh, che cheers awesome. to that. Yeah, amazing. If you can keep up with the levels. If I can, I do my best. Now, what is it about being a goaltender that you know what what's what's the um what's the motivation and the ambition because you know um it's a it's a really unique position and some stars are born right right between the pipes what um what what uh, what's the passion for you in being a goaltender i like stopping pucks um ever since i just like like to make the saves and uh keep the team in the game is there a favorite goaltender that you have uh uh, this playing in the NHL right now? Um, yeah, probably. Uh, I like Jack Campbell, even though he left Toronto. Soupy. <laughs> yeah. What do you say about that, Ashton? Who's your favorite goaltender? Ooh, it's got to be Soupy as well. 
Wow. A guy that's no longer playing for the for the Leafs. But uh, you know what? And uh, you know what? Let's let's talk about a story, though, right? Because the four of us during March break had a really fun time out at the Sens game. We saw uh, it wasn't Mer- Matt Murray playing. Uh, no, Matt Murray was would have been playing Forsberg. Probably would have been Forsberg. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the, you guys go to a lot of Senators games. What's what's the um, uh, the prospects for the Senators this season? Well, we go to what probably five or six games a year, Kyle. More like ten, probably. A bit ten, more. okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh. Yeah. Well, maybe up there. Yeah. Well, so. Least play them like three times. Yeah, we always we always try and go in the least play them because obviously as a Maple Leaf sports and entertainment alum, that, I try and get right. out and see them. Uh, but we go to a number of other games. We go to a lot of the Leaf games as a Maple Leaf sports and entertainment alum. Uh, I would say the prospects are are pretty well. You know, Pierre Dorian, who is the general manager of the Ottawa Senators, he made a lot of trades. He brought in. Uh, let's see, who did he bring? He signed Claude Giroux, who was uh, from the Ottawa area, so brought him kind of back home, uh, all-star last year. And he traded for, and it's slipping my mind, the player from Chicago Alex there. Debrinkit. Alex Debrinkit, that's right. Yeah young, yeah, young goal scorer, lots of talent. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, looking forward to enjoying a lot more fun uh, occasions. Uh, a number of them, have, you know, Kyle, you should know, a number of great sporting memories that your dad and I have together and we continue to develop them and, and build them and, 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 and great tales and, and such. Um, but we're going to get into uh, the formal segment of it now. It's the father-son free-for-all segment, uh, gentlemen. And, you know, uh, we're deep in the summer here. It's almost like this is kind of a salute to the summer. I thought it'd be really fun for us to, um, to and to have, now that we have Mark and Kyle on the show, to do our gold, silver, bronze for summer inspired athlete names. Ashton, uh, what do you think about this and this topic that we've chose for our champs and chums here on the show? Well, this topic's uh, just an amazing topic because we're in August. Even though back to school is in two weeks, uh, we're still in uh, summer, and uh, this is a great pick uh, for our free-for-all segment. Well, uh, what a great segue, Ashton, because I'm looking forward to hearing these picks. So, uh, you know what? We're going to give our champs and chums the honors. So, um, Kyle, why don't we turn it over to you for your uh, bronze medal for summer-inspired athlete names? Uh, Yeah, so my bronze medal probably goes to Storm. Storm Sanders. Um, well, what a great pick that is. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, she's uh, she's playing at the time of this recording, gentlemen. She was starring on the courts of the National Bank Open. Yeah, I uh, watched the Canadian Open tennis this week, and she was playing uh, Canadian Lila Fernandez. She lost to Fernandez, but played great. So uh, she is from Australia and has been ranked as high as 119th in the world. So. And what was sort of the, the connect the dots for some of those listeners that may might be a little slow on the mark? Um, so the Storm Sanders. So there is sometimes storms in summer. So her first name is Storm. So I thought it would be a. Yeah, somebody might have played his uh, golf tournament earlier this week in a in a summer oh, well, storm. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's right. That's right. That's right. There was a little bit of inclement weather, but that's Kyle. That's what makes you a star. You, you, you know, you, 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 you went through it. You, you pushed through, and uh, it was a great round that you had for sure. Good stuff. Well, that's uh, Kyle's bronze medal for summer-inspired athlete names, Storm Sanders. Okay, over to Dad 
for his uh, bronze medal. Well, we mentioned the Ottawa Senators earlier, so I thought I would go with Mr. Kerry Underwood, Mike Fisher, because we like to do a lot of fishing in the summer. Well, what a great pick that is. Mike Fisher, uh, now, uh, I guess, uh, an alum now of the NHL. Yep. Yep. Great, great seasons that, I mean, Mike, I guess, would have started for the Senators. Yeah, he was the Senators' captain. Captain. Uh, Nashville Predators, I believe he played Correct. for as well, yep. too, where he met uh, his wife, uh, the, the famous Carrie Underwood. And, uh, yeah, great pick there. Uh, Mike Fisher, that's, that's Mark's uh, bronze medal. Ashton, over to you for your bronze medal. My bronze medal is Alex Rodriguez. Great pick, Alex Rodriguez. Tell the fans a little bit more about A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez. So uh, he was a shortstop, and he was a third baseman. He batted right and threw right, and uh, his MLB debut was just three days after my birthday, but it was in 1994, July 8th, for the Seattle Mariners, and his last appearance was August 12th, 2019. 2016, sorry, for the New York Yankees, and his batting average was .295. 295 and, career hitter, amazing. Yep, and hits 3,115, home runs 696, and runs batted in 2,086. Well, he's certainly a, an all-star for sure. Uh, he starred with the Seattle Mariners, Texas Rangers, and then, of course, two terms with the uh, with the New York Yankees, 14-time All-Star, World Series champion. That's Alex Rodriguez. Now, what, what's the what's the connection, Ashton? Well, the connection, as um, Zio Mark said, was um, you go fishing a lot, but you need one main thing to go fishing, and that's a fishing rod. <laughs> oh, gentlemen, nice, nice set of bronze uh, bronze medals there. I'm going to actually come up with my. Uh, bronze medal now listen the summertime it's all about uh having fun enjoying yourself on the water much like we did uh all this week at the time of this recording up in uh, the family cottage up here that uh that mark uh, has and um so my bronze medal is former nhler paul cruz that's right everybody we're cruising into this bronze medal talking about the former left winger from Merritt, BC, he starred, well, I wouldn't say he starred with the Calgary Flames. He had a, a, a good career uh, with the Calgary Flames. Um, his uh, first game he played was in the 1991 season. Uh, he then moved on to play uh, another f six seasons with, uh, with the Calgary Flames, moved on to the Islanders. He ended his career, no, he, uh, his second last stop in the NHL was Buffalo, and then he played for the San Jose Sharks. 423 total games for Mr. Paul Cruz. So that's my bronze medal. Okay, Kyle, over to you for your silver medal for summer-inspired athlete names. So uh, my silver medal goes to Sonny Milano. Now, isn't that brilliant? Sonny. Yep. Uh, I chose uh, it because... I chose Sonny Milano because because it's sunny in uh, in the summer and he's a potential Leaf signee. Played last year in Anaheim with Trevor Michigan Zegris, Zegris, sorry. Uh, for, born in uh, May 12, nineteen ninety six. He's uh, twenty six from uh, Massapequa. Massapequa, New York. 
Well, amazing. So, well, I mean, Sunny spelt not uh, S-U-N, but uniquely S-O-N-N. Yeah. Why? So that's great. But Ashton, I picked something up here from our champ and chum, Kyle. He said that there's a good chance that he might be a potential Leaf. Now, Kyle, are you an NHL insider? Uh, How did you get that kind of... Uh, and first of all, much thanks. Much thanks from Ashton and I that you are... Like, this is Ashton. This is the first time, I think, on Champs and Chums that we're hearing, like, some breaking news, some insider stuff from, from Kyle DeTore here. Yeah. How, how, did you, how did you get onto that, that information? <laughs> the internet. The internet. Well, what a beautiful <laughs> place that is to break trades. Well, if it was on the internet, it must be true, right? That, that's right. That's right, Dad. All right, good stuff. Well, that's uh, uh, Kyle's uh, uh, silver medal for summer-inspired athlete names, Sonny Milano, soon to be Maple Leaf Sonny Milano, according to Kyle. Okay, good stuff. Over to Dad now for his silver medal. Well, I just, uh, I just add to Kyle's. Uh, yeah. He mentioned the Michigan goal, and I was wondering, Ashton, if you knew what a Michigan goal was. Yeah, I know what that is. Yep. Why don't you well, tell our ahead. viewers? So the Michigan or lacrosse stick is when you break, well, lift the puck with your stick, go behind the net, and then flip it around, and then hit it on the post, and the puck goes uh, top corner. Yeah, so Trevor was the first person to do that in the NHL. Uh, he's quite a talented player oh, too, yeah. eh? Very like, good. I mean, got a great personality, um, great find. I, I don't have the, the, the stats in front of him, but he must have been a first-round pick, I'm sure. But I believe he was, yes. Okay, yeah. okay very good, very good. Okay, well, uh, over to Dad now for his silver medal. So I thought I would uh, keep with the fishing theme, and I didn't do quite as much prep here as our two co-hosts, uh, but I picked uh, Jamie Rivers because we go oh, fishing in the river. That's a great, that is a great pick. Jamie Rivers saw him play, in fact, uh, uh, Mark, when I was with the Leafs. He was probably with the St. Louis Blues at that, that yeah, point. Yeah, he was uh, drafted by the Blues in the third round. Oh, okay. And I saw him play a lot too, but I saw him play as a Sudbury Wolf. I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I mentioned earlier I went to school in Sudbury. So I got the chance to see him score many goals as an offensive defenseman with the Wolves and got to see the the wolf come down in the howl in the old Sudbury Arena. Always yeah. an experience. Anyone that goes up there, you got to check that out. And uh, yeah, I, I watched him play a lot, and he was one of the star players um, for the team. Uh, him and Bertuzzi, actually. Were oh, the, Todd, Todd yeah, Bertuzzi. Actually, sorry, Bertuzzi okay. was from Sudbury. He didn't play for the Wolves. My mistake. But uh, I'm trying to remember who the other star was. But yeah, great, great skater. Um, I think he played about 300-odd games in the NHL and finished up his career in the KHL. Oh, amazing. Well, that that's a Dad's a silver medal and a great local story as well, too. You get everything here on Champs and Chums, everybody. That's uh, Dad Mark's silver medal, summer-inspired athlete names. That was Jamie Rivers. Ashton, over to you for your silver medal. My silver medal is Sean Green. Wow. Now make the connection for us and tell us a little bit more about Sean Green. Well, uh, in the summer, uh, sun's out, you water your grass a little bit, and you cut it as well, and uh, the grass turns green. So Sean Green. Well, well, Ashton, I would say uh, at our house this summer, the grass ain't that green. But you had a great pick, that Sean Green. Tell, tell the fans a little bit more about uh, former, former Blue Jay Sean Green. 
Well, Sean Green uh, is a right fielder, and he batted left and threw right or threw left. And his MLB debut was September twenty eighth, nineteen ninety three, for the Toronto Blue Jays. And his last MLB appearance was September thirtieth, uh, two thousand seven, for the New York Mets. His MLB statistics: batting average point two eight three, home two eighty three B A. Not bad. Yep. Home runs, 328, and his RBI was 1,070. That's amazing. And you know what? He had drove in 100 runs four times, that Sean Green. Scored 100 runs four times. Uh, 40 homer guy three times, everybody. That's Ashton Silver medal for summer-inspired athlete names. That's Sean Green. Yeah, and he had a rocket for an arm from the outfield, if I remember. Oh, he sure did. He sure did. Now, let's let's get into this, right? Because we're all Blue Jay fans around the table. Love to get your thoughts on what you think, uh, how the Jays are going to fare this year. This year. I'm going to start with, with our champ and chum, Kyle. What do you think? Uh, I think they're going to get a wild card spot. Nice. What makes you think they're going to get a wild card spot? Well, they're not... They're not that good, but they're not bad. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, hey, that does it for me. You're, you're a better insider. We've had some great insiders, by the way, baseball insiders on the show. We've had a uh, shout-out to a friend of the show, former World Series champion Rob Butler. And we also, just on episode 30, what was that, Ashton? Episode 32 or 33, we had uh, Mike Wilner on the show. Yeah, that would have been 33. 33. Good stuff. Well, shout out to Mike Wilner. Now, uh, let's let's uh, get the Chief involved here. Toronto Blue Jays, what do you think they're going to do this year? I, I agree with Kyle. I think they're going to be a wild card team. Uh, they made some, what I think were sneaky good moves at the trade deadline. You know, it wasn't the big, uh, you know, Soto trade or any of the big names, but they, they maybe didn't raise their ceiling a ton, but they certainly raised the floor. And I think, you know, you need good, consistent pitching, and you know, to win in the, win in the playoffs. And I think that's what it's going to come down to is pitching for the team. This, your dad's done radio. You can tell he's done radio many times before with an answer so rich, so thoughtful like that. What do you, what do you, what do you think about your dad's talent here? Could he be a future, uh, you know, a guest insider on Champs and Chums? We're get we're, first of all, we're gonna get these uh, these great people on the show in a sec. But uh, but anyways, Kyle, oh, back to you. What do you think? Uh, well, he's a bit old for that, but uh, <laughs> no, he can still. <laughs> there's there's lots of room and space in the in the broadcasting and podcasting world for for my chum mark. He might be able to if well, he, I just, I if just... he's not working. <laughs> it's not working. He's a very busy man. So well, even to get you on you, on this segment, actually, was a big win, I feel, actually. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it was a big win to get you on because he's so busy. So, no, no, yeah. no. I, You know, I just I learned from the best. You know, I was watching Anthony conduct the maestro of the press conferences. Oh, okay. <laughs> at not only Maple Leaf Gardens to date ourselves, but oh. also... Air Canada Center, now well, Scotiabank Place, and uh, that's nice of you to say, my friend. Yeah, we yeah. all learn from a lot. Like we have, we got, as you, as we said earlier in this segment, uh, we we bounce off as chums. We bounce off of other mutual chums, and uh, it's just a great, 
it's amazing how sports has been able to connect friendship, right? And that's yeah, what friendships and mentors. You know, we share a number of the same mentors. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It sure is. Okay, Ashton, I want to bring you into this conversation because we were talking about just Blue Jays and your prediction, my man. What do you say? Well, as everyone else said, they're going to get a wild card spot. I mean, they've been doing well, unfortunately, since um, Charlie Montoyo has unfortunately been fired. Uh, John Schneider, I think. He has put a big, I don't know, mark on the Blue Jays just to really get them going. Because we saw it when John Schneider, he, when he started, uh, he was at, the team was actually doing amazing. Like, they were going win-win-win. Uh, uh, but I honestly, they might win the World Series. What, well, you I heard it say, here I first. Say, you I think heard they're it here first. Series. Ashton has not only just answered the question of are they going to make the playoffs, he's doubled down. He's gone for the grand slam. Everybody, he thinks the Blue Jays you know are going to win the World yeah, Series. Yeah, you know what? If you get in the wild card, anything can happen. You know what? They got three stud starting pitchers. Yeah. That during a short series, even a seven game series, you can keep rolling right between yeah. Gosman, Manoa, and. Um, Oh my God! I'm Romano. Bar- Romano, yes, yeah, thank Barrios, you. Yeah, yeah. Barrios. Sorry, Barrios. Barrios. Yeah. yeah, yeah. First round so, exit. Uh, oh, 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 there, oh boy! Already, already here. Uh, this, but you know what? This is what makes sports podcasting, sports broadcasting, so fun. You have your opinion about things, right? Okay, guys. I digressed. I'm going to go to my bronze medal for summer inspired silver, act. silver. silver. Oh, my silver medal. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, you guys are keeping the one of the co-hosts in check, and I love it. Okay. Uh, my silver medal for summer-inspired athlete needs. Now, listen, everybody. I would say everybody during the summer does this. They jump. They enjoy. They have drinks by a pool. That's right, everybody. My silver medal for summer-inspired athlete names is Terry Pool. Now, maybe only one person around this table might know who Terry Poole is. That would be your dad. Do you care to... I do not know who oh, Terry Poole is. Oh, boy, Poole I got is. exposed. <laughs> I got exposed big time here on Champs and Probably Chums. Probably should have gone with Tucker Poolman. Uh, uh, look at you. Look how clever you are, Kyle, right? Uh, you confirmed it again here for our listeners. So my silver medal, Terry Poole. Let me tell you something about Terry Poole. Okay, he was a Canadian, everybody. Do you know that he was a Canadian? And uh, he played for the Houston Astros. Did you know that he, Terry Poole is a member of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame? He's now 66 years old. His MLB debut was July 12, 1977. Uh, Kyle Ashton, what were you doing in 1977? Nothing. We were not even in this world. Okay, well, you guys are out of this world, but uh, yeah, <laughs> 1977, I was only four years old. I was four years old then, and, you, and your, your dad, Kyle, wasn't far behind, right? Um, 280 uh, career average, 62 home runs, 435 RBIs. That's Terry Poole, my silver medal, summer-inspired athlete names. Okay, guys, it's now time to introduce our gold medals, right? This is kind of where the rubber hits the road. This is where they get the prestigious selection for summer-inspired athletes' names. Kyle, take it away. Uh, so my gold medal goes to 
my gold medal goes to uh, Summer McIntosh. What a great pick that is. Uh, well, you yeah. tell, tell, tell the listeners a lot, little bit more about Summer McIntosh. He is a Canadian McIntosh. swimmer that uh, made headlines as the youngest on Canada's national team in the 2020 Olympics and became a world champion the following year. She just completed uh, at the Commonwealth Games in uh, England, winning uh, multiple gold medals. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think she set a few records there as well, so... Well, that's amazing. That's uh, that's Kyle's gold medal for summer-inspired athlete names. That's Summer McIntosh. Over to Dad for his gold medal. All right. So I chose Jason Day, a professional golfer from Australia. And uh, I chose it because, of course, in the summer, the days are long. The days are long and we're enjoying right now. Yeah. So yeah, uh, He's a former n- world number one in golf. Um, and my kind of, he's won multiple tournaments, uh, and really great guy. I was fortunate enough to, uh, help out in the Golf Canada media tent during the RBC Canadian Open. And I was actually there when he won the Open in 2015 and I helped do some of his media stuff and I got to see first time what a really, you know, he's a great golfer, but I have to say Keeping with the theme here, he's even a greater person. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, he uh, he was so happy to win. He was so accommodating. He took afterwards, he, you know, he took lots of pictures with fans, signed autographs, and was just over the moon for yeah. a person named Day. For Wow. Is this guy I had to match great? your puns from earlier. Is, is so. this guy great on his feet or what? So that's uh, your dad. That's Mark's uh, gold medal. That's Jason Day. Great story from uh, the world of golf that we both were in. Uh, so, yeah, Ashton, it's over to you now, my man. What's your, who's, your, who's your gold medal for summer-inspired athlete names? My gold medal is Bob Beers. Wow. All right, now, are you allowed to identify, announce... How old are you, Ashton? Yeah, how old are you, Ashton? We got to card you. Yeah, only ten. For, only ten, and you're and you you've come up with that, Jim. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, Zio, Mark, and I definitely applaud you for that gold medal. Tell the fans a, a little bit more about Bob Beers. So, uh, Bob Beers, um, he played defense, uh, and he shot right. And he played for the Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Edmonton Oilers, and the New York Islanders. And his NHL draft was uh, 210th overall in 1985 by the Boston Bruins. And his playing career lasted um, 1989 to 2000. Yeah, okay, this is great. So Bob Beers played for the Bruins, the Lightning, the Oilers, and Islanders. But Ashton, the biggest question the listeners want to know is, uh, what was his favorite beer? I'm not sure about that. <laughs> You're not sure? Take a guess. Mm. You see, it was, it was an American, right? So it must have yeah. been. Yeah. Must Bud have been Light. Bud. Must yeah, have been Bud. Bud. Yeah. Must have been Bush or something yeah. like that, right? You know? I'm still trying to figure out why everybody in America likes Bud. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, it's uh, it's like uh, it's like water. It's <laughs> it's basically like water. Good stuff, everybody. Well, we're going to um, uh, now announce my gold medal, and I think this takes on a really, really super gold medal winning summer inspired athlete names. My gold medal, get this, is Razor 
Shines. That's right. Actually, have you guys heard of Razor Shines before? No. Man, it's crickets. I do not know around. Razor Shines. Man, it's crickets. <laughs> Kyle, can you help help a brother out here with this? Do you know who Razor Shines is? Nope. Wow. Wasn't he it's the outfielder uh, for uh, the Montreal Expos? Thanks, son. Uh-huh. I can count on you just to help at least uh, uh, salvage something. I think for there me. was some collusion there. Yeah, yeah, there might have been. So, which one's the the, uh, the summer one, the razor or the shines? Both. That's what makes it the gold medal: rays and then shines. Just like how we're shining on this beautiful segment here. Okay, razor shines made his MLB debut in September of 1983 for the Montreal Expos. His career, well, let's say it, it didn't shine too much because he only had 81 at-bats in the major leagues. He only had 15 hits, but he had five runs batted in. So he was basically uh, a hydro and water man. As, uh, your, your, your dad and I used to be part of baseball pools right back in the day. So he'd be kind of one of those utility guys, right? So you're saying he, uh, he shone Brightly but shortly, like a shooting Short, star. Shortly, that's right, man. That's that's great. That's great. We gotta have you on more often here, you know, as a guest insider uh, to join. But yeah, that's Razor Shines, everybody. Montreal Expos. So, um, so gentlemen, how about a round of applause here for everybody for competing in this? We don't want to let these guys get away too far because they're gonna come on the uh, they're gonna come on here in a sec because we listen. So thank you, uh, Mark, and. And uh, Kyle for joining us on Asha. What did you want to say to uh, to uh, to our special guests, our champs and chumps? Well, this has been an amazing segment already. All, uh, sharing our father-son free-for-all um, summer-inspired athlete names, and uh, it's been fun doing this amazing segment with you guys. Well, it it sure has. Uh, it sure has. So, uh, um, Ashton, you're going to take us to break on episode 36. This ends our father-son free-for-all segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Father Son Fun Talk, you're listening to episode 36 of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, it's now time for a next edition of our Best of segment. And what an outstanding guest we have for our fans this month. Hey, Ashton, I got two questions for you, my man. Are you ready to serve up our best for episode 36? Sure am. Are you ready to go game, set, and match here on Champs and Chums? Of course. Well, our very special guest has served up an impressive career across tennis, education, and business, and received a court full of achievements doing just that. Her game reached championship levels, starring for legendary Duke University. There she became Duke's first ever women's tennis champion and their first female athlete to win an individual title. Our best of guest anchored the Blue Devils, winning over 160 career singles matches. Was awarded four-time All-American in both singles and doubles, and earned Player of the Year honors over a stellar U.S. college career. Our special guest earned close to 500 career wins in her professional career, competing among the world's best in singles and doubles on the WTA Tour and ITF circuit. 
35 ITF titles adorn her trophy case of championship accomplishments. She competed in all four Grand Slams and advanced through to the second round in the Australian Open, French Open, and Wimbledon. She was among the top 100 players in the world for doubles and singles during her nine years on the WTA Tour. The Toronto native took pride in serving her country and posted a 7-1 record for Team Canada in Fed Cup International competition. In 2000, she reached the pinnacle of world team competition competing in Sydney at the Olympic Games. There she teamed with partner Sonia J. Seelan to go shot for shot with the eventual gold medalist, the famous Venus and Serena Williams. Our best of guests holds a degree in economics, French and Canadian studies from Duke and completed her MBA at the world-renowned Wharton School of Business. Her transition from professional tennis to the corporate sector has been remarkable. She's excelling in corporate management consulting and is a partner at the international firm Oliver Wyman. There she co-leads the firm's global education practice and also the private equity practice in the Americas. Proving that tennis is a sport of a lifetime, our special guest continues to make impact. As a member of the WTA Tour Board of Directors, she is helping shape the future success of sport around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased to be joined by pro tennis player, Canadian Olympian, and U.S. college star, Vanessa Webb. Vanessa, welcome to Champs and Chumps. Thank you for having me. What? What an intro. Thanks, Anthony and Ashton. Oh, well, it's so great to have you on the show, Vanessa. Uh, you know, geez, uh, I, as we were talking off air, it's great to connect again um, through all of our great stories and memories, teaming in, uh, in tennis. And uh, to, for you to give time for us here on, on this episode is really special to us. So we really thank you so much. No, I'm, I'm happy to. Great stuff. Well, we're going to get into our, our father-son uh, uh, chat, you know, as uh, this is a real treat for Ashton, and you, you'll hear from him during this great conversation with you as our best of guests, but extra treat for Dad for, as I said, uh, uh, geez, over two decades we had the chance to start teaming up, and uh, just great to connect on the show. Um, so we'll go with first serve here in our uh, best of segment with Vanessa Webb, and uh, Vanessa, it's Dad over here to the left of the broadcast chair, and uh why don't you take our fans through your early interest and ambitions to play tennis, um, you know, starting out in community as you were young, and then the national and obviously the international stage professionally? Yeah, no, it's, you know, tennis, as you know, Anthony, is, it's a great sport. It's a sport for life. And my family played tennis. So for for me, it was always a family thing. My grandparents played my dad had played division three in college my mom played for fun and my dad really felt like it was a great sport for life and for me I was both a skier and a tennis player growing up and I had to pick between the two when I was 13 and skiing was just too cold for me um mm -hmm. but I just I love the sport it's you know it's you're in the you're in constant pursuit of of that elusive perfection um but it's it's a great sport i now play with my kids i was just the past two weeks on vacation with my parents and you know they're my parents out there with my kids and yeah, it's it's a 
it's really a unique sport and and I'm I'm fortunate to have, have played it. Well, well, that's amazing. And you're so right. I mean, sport of a lifetime. And it was so great to get that perspective. And and all your fans are so happy that, you know, you chose tennis over skiing because what a career you did have. And um, Vanessa, on to the next question. Um, you know, speaking of, um, and we do speak a lot about it on Champs and Chums, the importance of mentors in one's life. Um, I wonder if you can share with uh, the fans uh, on, on the pod here, um, what were, who were some of the... Uh, great mentors in your life and how did they help build success for you as a player and as a person on and off the court? Yeah, no, I would say, and I think many athletes would probably point to their parents and my, my dad was always very involved with my tennis, was always very positive, loved the sport. Uh, you know, he drove me as, you know, as, you know, in Ontario growing up, he would, he would drive me to some little town far away where I could potentially win some matches, get some confidence. And I still remember those, those weekends together. Um, and I had some, some great coaches in Toronto growing up, Steve Siegel, Simon Bartram coaches who they cared a lot. They always kept things in perspective. And so for me, I think I was, I was quite fortunate to have some good role models around me. Well, that's great, and it's great to hear some names from the past that these I haven't uh, come into and talked about in a while, like Steve and and, and Simon, and uh, yeah, that's that's what's so great about sports, Vanessa, and we've talked about this with uh, past uh, guests, um, some chums of yours from uh, past episodes, Alex and Daniel. I mean, sport is just a wonderful way to uh, to connect people, you know, and uh, it's it's so great uh, for that for that. No, it is, and you know. As you mentioned, I sit on the board um, representing the players, and so I'm at quite a few events during the year where we have meetings, and you see so many former players, and and it's really just such a community, and it's I just I never would have expected it. You know, you tennis, you fight tooth and nail on the court; it's quite intense, but there's there's almost this fraternity of of players post, and I find you know players are, are very supportive of players it's sort of a neat family to be a part of indeed indeed uh vanessa i'm going to turn the microphone over to my forever chum ashton who's got some great questions for our best of guest vanessa webb vanessa you've had outstanding success in your pro tennis career as a player mentor and executive can you share with the fans some of your personal career highlights good question ashton uh, I think one I'd, I'd put right near the top is is uh, my NCAA title at Duke, and at that time I was I, think I was the first Canadian to win um, an NCAA title in tennis. It for me it really felt like it was a tangible reward for a lot of hard work. Um, and it was, it was a massive effort. Uh, if you know how college tennis works, you play the team and we had, I think, gotten to the finals of the team and then you go right into the individual and it was, uh, it was something that, that meant a lot. And then I think two years later was, was the Olympics that your dad referenced. And that was, that was really incredible. I mean, that was, that was another, an even bigger tangible reward for just a lifetime of hard work. And it was, 
it was great to be able to share it with my family as as you'll often find behind any any athlete you have a strong support system and so those were those were two probably from a tennis perspective and 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 then uh i sit you know i sit on the board of the the wta tour leading the player side and i've been in this role now for over a decade and it's not always easy you know over the past couple of years we've we've had to deal with covid so as a global sport where tournaments are in different cities each week, it's, it was not easy to, you know, as, as some may know, the issues surrounding Peng Shui in China to more recently, the terrible Russia, Ukraine conflict. Um, and it's not always been easy, but it's always been an honor. And, you know, as, as a, a player board rep, we work alongside the, the players council, which is eight players leaders. And over the years, I mean, we've just had, it's been an amazing list of leaders. Uh, right now, Sloan Stevens, Vika Azarenka, uh, Serena and Venus were on the council at one point, Caroline Wozniacki, K- Gabby Dabrowski is on the council now and has been for a few years and, and is, a, is a, you know, is a big voice. And so it's been, you know, that part, I just, it's a great honor to, you know, not, not playing the sport anymore, but, but sort of playing a, part and in using my background which is a bit unique on having been a player now in the business world and just trying to help help push things forward for the for the for women's tennis Vanessa what were some of the greatest lessons and words of advice you've shared with your kids Finn and Maddie well you know, they don't always want my advice, but you know, <laughs> that's, when I, that's the truth. I tell you <laughs> as another parent here on the other side of the mic can, uh, can share, <laughs> oh. but I try and, and sometimes they listen. Um, I mean the biggest ones it's, you know, Ash, and to me, it's, it, it can be pretty basic, you know, always working hard, always do your best, um, getting into good habits there, you know, attitude really matters. And I really believe that having a positive attitude, whether it's in sports or your schoolwork and, and just generally in life can make a big difference. And then, and then just trying, particularly from a sports perspective of focusing on the process, what you're trying to do and, and not the outcome, because you can't always control the outcome, but you can, you can control the work you you put into it and how you approach things. So that that's those are the, the words of wisdom I try to impart. You know, whether they they listen or not, you know, maybe depends on the day. Oh, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do to mom. Um, uh, you're listening to episode 36 of the Champs and Chums podcast. This is our best of segment. We're joined by pro tennis player, Canadian Olympian and U.S. college star Vanessa Webb. It's Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast chair. And um uh, Vanessa, in this fun chat already, you've been um, adding such great insight on uh, career transition. I mean, you had a, a very good uh, nine-year career on the WTA Tour, and many athletes, when they f- reach that crossroads, when they determine, you know what, it's the time to move on to the other world, it, it's not easy. And um, your success story in terms of transitioning with all your skills, talents, intelligence, creativity, and energy has been really inspirational. I'm wondering if you can share your perspective on what the career transition looked like for you 
um, as, as you, as you work, walked into the, to the world of, uh, business management consulting? <laughs> well, mine, mine was a little unusual. I did the classic, uh, or not so classic business school or pro tennis tour to business school to management consulting. And I, I went right off the tour. Uh, I think I played Fed Cup in July and then started at Wharton in August. And in retrospect, it it was it it worked out really well because I think sometimes when I see with athletes when they're transitioning out of a sport, there's not always a plan, but there's also sometimes just a lot of free time that they're not used to. They're used to performing at such high intensity. Um, and for me, I, you know, I went from one type of intensity to another type of intensity right. and, and it was, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing. And business school was amazing. You know, some of the things were tricky. Like, you know, I, I couldn't sit still that long. I was always having to get up, walk around. Cause I, I was, uh, you know, I was used to doing six hours of exercise, not sitting in a chair eight hours a day. <laughs> That's right. But, but it, um, yeah, but it, and it worked out and I met some amazing people and I, you know, I think some of the biggest is just to have, have a plan of what you're going to do. And I feel like at least what I see on our tour is just players are really, you know, they're built, a lot of them are building their business while they're playing or they're going to school uh, on the side or they're getting skills. I think there's a lot more prep um for that post career than than there used to be and i think just the digital age has helped with that and you know because it is it's a tough transition but i think my sense is at least that there's a lot more athletes and at least our tennis players that are prepared now than maybe they were you know a couple decades ago oh that's fascinating insights vanessa even you know uh, back in the early 2000s mid uh, 2000s when i was uh, so proud to be a tennis candidate and teaming with great people like you is uh yeah the proliferation of digital and how online has um uh really elevated brand for for players especially yeah. you know the tennis world with independent contractors that's such a great point that's certainly not lost on me and others that know the the value and importance of you know developing that um, that brand uh, whether it be on and off the court. So that's that's great insights. Yeah, no, it's it's. Oh, go ahead. No, no, Ashton. go go ahead, Vanessa. Uh, no, I, 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 no, I, I was going to say it. No, it's it's true, and it, you know even being able to take a degree online, and we you know we have a lot of players on our tour doing their undergrad degree. We've got some doing their graduate degree. I mean, Sloane Stevens has done both while on the tour, and now she's mm-hmm. running a foundation. And you know, if they've got the motivation, there's just and you want to do it, you've got much more of an ability to do so than you did. You did uh, uh, a decade or two ago. But sorry, Ashton, you go ahead. Oh, that's okay. Uh, Vanessa, who are some of your favorite athletes of all time and why? Wow, that is a good question. Uh, I, I'll throw out a couple. Uh, one one out of left field or maybe out of right field. i say Jesse Barfield, who was Jesse a Barfield. Jay, oh yeah. Number nice. 29 right fielder, huge arm. At one point when I was, when I was really young, I wanted to be the first female blue Jay and I wanted to be able to throw the ball as far as him. Did, you, so yeah. You know, and actually now that you're actually, I'm jogging my memory. We had a few of the players go down to, uh, you know, when the, at that, at that time it was called the Rogers cup. 
uh, we'll just call it the, the National Bank Open as we come to know it now. But did you go down to some of the yeah, some of the players went down to the Jays and and did like a was it a pitch or a batting practice? Yeah, I, I I think I did. I went through that's right. the first pitch, which was that's right. Um, which for me was amazing because I was such a a big Toronto Blue Jay fan growing up. I used to listen to them as I did my homework, as I fell asleep. You know, you listen to them on the radio. I don't know if anyone does that anymore. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, You see, Vanessa, but, I can uh, remember things from like over 20 years ago. <laughs> from the dark ages. Yeah, that's right. Longer. But, um, and then, I, you know, the others I'd cite, and I don't know if I'd say favorite, favorite but athletes but athletes just with it i have such a tremendous respect for would be venus and serena and what you know what they've done and i you know they're one of the at least for female athletes who really anthony you talked about developing their brands and got out there but what they did for tennis what they did for women they are such strong leaders i mean when when venus would speak in our council meetings i mean just there would be silence and sometimes you'd have tears coming to your eyes. I mean, they are just—they're two amazing pioneers for this this sport, sort of following in the footsteps of Billie Jean King. Vanessa, the final Grand Slam of the tennis season is this month, the U.S. Open, and with you playing in the U.S. Open, what are your predictions for the U.S. Open, and who do you think will win the U.S. Open, and also? How do you think our Canadians will fare? Another good question. And I'm actually headed there uh, tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. Uh, You know, on the women's side, we've got some great newer faces. You know, you have Iga, uh, Coco, who's really come on so much this year. You had the Emma and Layla story last year. You see Bianca, you know, is really coming back and seems to be in a great form of mind and building momentum. And she's still, uh, she's still so young. Uh You know, it feels like she's a veteran, but what is she, 21? Uh Um, And it's a great, it's a great Canadian contingent. Uh, Bianca, Layla, I mean, I think Rebecca is just a great story in perseverance and, you know, as you know, for such a tiny country, we produce an impressive number of top-tier tennis players. You know, who will win? I don't know. And I try not to make predictions because I got to be unbiased because I got to support all the players, That's which right. I do. But I think I think there's going to be a lot of great matches. I think this summer the matches have just been um, have been tremendous, and there's really some great rivalries developing, but also a lot of a lot of new faces so it's you know for, i think for for our sport it's a good time yeah it sure is a lot of a lot of young stars coming up and i mean you know names like you know federer and nadal when when i was uh working with tennis canada you know they're still in the conversation Djokovic, although i think Djokovic and uh, federer might be out for for this uh, event but yeah star studded as always at flushing meadows and so great to hear that you'll you'll be at uh at the event that's amazing um vanessa the next question you know we've we've talked about is talked about this throughout our great chat but um there's been some amazing things going on in the rise of women in sports and, I, and i'm not just talking you know on and off the court but the the ice the the baseball field we just talked about baseball i mean kim ing becoming the first general manager of the miami marlins um but I want to put an important focus on it and and acknowledge, of course, all of your great contributions 
that you've made to, to uh, leading this, um, uh, th- this, this great uh, opportunity for, for women. I mean, what the WTA tour has done um, and, and your leadership and, and the others on the board to really tackle some of the big issues, I'm sure it hasn't been easy, but um, uh, the, the breakthroughs are happening and so importantly happening. I wonder if you can talk about that and then what else do we need to do to keep building this momentum? Yeah, no, it's, well, I firstly, thank you for those kind words. I, 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 I am playing a very tiny part of it and there's a lot of people pushing and I look at our, our player council today and folks like Sloan and Vika and Donna and Gavi and Jess Pagula and they are these guys are pushing so hard for change and, you know, it's higher prize money, more events with equal prize money, better TV coverage, more fans. And, you know, we're getting better. And for women's sports, I think it's, it's fair to say, you know, we're the leaders, we're ahead. Others, you know, are hopefully in other sports are, are benefiting and we can help each other. But I think all of us are, are quite impatient for, for a faster rate of change. And, and I think, you know, by, by, we are hopefully from a WTA perspective about to announce some big changes for our tour, which will really help propel it forward. So, you know, I think part of it is the belief in the sport. Part of it is, is the players and the tournaments really investing behind it. And, you know, and part of it is just the pushing because there, you know, some things are just, they, their legacy decisions, legacy operations. Like when you look at men and women's tennis and the ratings, it it doesn't it it doesn't equate to how much broadcasters pay for men and women's rights. You know, we should be we should be further ahead than we are. And so there's a lot of effort going into that. And this is, I think, where our our player leaders, uh, and we've got some great leaders on our tour, you know, really speaking out, getting involved. Like I'll tell you, we're on, we're on a group chat and sometimes I'll get out of a couple hours of meetings and there'll be 150 messages, you know, amongst these, these players in a group chat. So there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of time and commitment and investment, you know, really behind propelling this, this sport as fast as we can. Well, it sounds like there's some great energy and motivation, intelligence and spirit. And uh, yeah, I mean, let's keep that going. I mean, you know, and uh, I've always been struck, of course, being around the game of tennis too, and what Billie Jean King has made uh, meant to uh, not not just, you know, women in tennis, but women in sport. And I, 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 I think one of her, you know, key, key words was, you know, think big and, and be bold. And uh, it's really really puts uh, such an important emphasis on, on, on what has to be done. It does. And she, uh, Billie Jean is, is amazing. And she still, she will join some of our player meetings and, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, there are times when I will reach out to her for advice on, on what we should do. And, and you're exactly right. She is always pushing, think big, think bigger. Um, and we are, yeah, we're fortunate to have her as a, as a, a founder and then and then these you know these strong women coming after her following in her footsteps 
Indeed. Uh, uh, Vanessa, uh, the, the time of this recording this month, you know, it's back to school for, for a lot of kids, right? It's either in the U.S. or, uh, or here in Canada. Um, I wonder if you can speak of your experiences. You know, you talked earlier and, you know, tremendous accomplishment, becoming the first Canadian to win an NCAA title. Um, you know, can you talk a bit about your experiences being a student athlete at a top U.S. college program and then the importance for education for young people? Yeah, I mean, a, a amazing experience. I, I can't say enough good things about the experience that I had at Duke. And, you know, there's, I will often be very critical of things in, in America, even though I, I live in the U.S. now. But I think the U.S. college system, and particularly for sports, is something they just do so well. And, you know, the way, you know, at Duke, it was just this amazing student body where everyone seemed to have a different special talent, huge sports culture and support, and to have the opportunity to get a degree to play your sport at a high level is, you know, on this amazing campus where you're on a scholarship is something I never took for granted. And I am I am still a huge Duke fan to this day. And I think, in fact, if you were to ask my kids what's their favorite sports team, they would say Duke. Um, so, I, yeah, no, I can't say enough about the experience and, and you know, the fact that you get to play your sport, you know, for, the, you know, for a subset, they may be playing it to be able to play on the tour afterwards. But, you know, but for the bulk of folks, there's just there's so much you get out of it from being able to balance multiple things, being able to deal with pressure. You have this amazing family, uh, your team, right when you get to school. And there's just a lot of things you learn that, you know, then you can carry into to the business world. Amazing. And uh, Vanessa, I, I can't believe how fast and fun our, our chat with you has been. Uh, but we, it's now time for the final question of this best of segment. And I'm going to turn it over to my Chum Ashton. Vanessa, what advice do you have for young kids looking to become a pro tennis star just like you? Ashton, you've got a lot of good questions. Uh, you know, I'd say play multiple sports for as long as you can. Uh, you know, I was a skier. Uh, my kids actually play lacrosse, skiing, uh, tennis, and you know, for me, what I saw is the burnout in tennis is so high. And when I was in college, you know, there were so many athletes who were just been playing so many hours for so many years that, you know, even at the ages of 18, 19, they were burnt, they were burned out. And so, you know, there's almost, there's, there's almost a pacing to it. Whereas I sort of felt like I got to college and I was so, I was still so motivated every, every day. Um, and I, I just, and I think it's better for your body. It's better for your mind. And, and, you know, at some point you do have to specialize because you got to spend enough time on something to be good. But the more, the longer you can play multiple sports in my mind, the better. Um, and then it's just building good habits, you know, working hard and day after day, positive attitude, you know, love the competition, learning how to compete and deal with pressure. A lot of, a lot of things very relevant to sports, but then equally relevant to life after sports. And I think that's why you often hear about companies, you know, really looking for athletes because there's so many qualities that they can 
they can bring to to jobs and to to teams that you know if you don't if you if, if you're not an athlete it's it's much harder to do what an outstanding way to end our best of segment for episode 36 that's uh, vanessa webb pro tennis player canadian olympian u.s college star uh, vanessa uh, on behalf of Ashton and I, it's so great to connect with you again. Um, you know, your perspectives on this chat. Uh, it, 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 I was quickly reminded as we turned the microphone recorder on how amazing you are with um, everything you give, uh, such great thought and wisdom and inspiration. And we thank you so much for taking the time to share this on, on this segment with our listeners. And uh, before we um, concluded, we wanted I wanted my uh, chum Ashton to say a few words of thanks to you. Well, thank you, Vanessa, for coming on the show. It's been an honor having you on. And my dad's told uh, me great stories about how you guys work together in the world of tennis. And um, I've heard a lot of great things about you. And um, I also play tennis. Well, that's right. Through all this great chat with Vanessa, we didn't say you played a little tennis too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's been an amazing interview. And this interview has really inspired me to go uh, farther with tennis. So uh, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thank you, Ashton. And yeah, no, Anthony, it's great to reconnect and what a great um what a great podcast and idea uh you guys have and it's that's so neat that you get to do it together oh that's outstanding of you to say uh ashton you're gonna take us to break on episode 36 this ends our father-son best of segment more father-son fun talk coming up you're listening to the champs and chums podcast father-son fun talk you're listening to episode 36 of the champs and chums podcast at ashton we have a very special segment don't don't you don't you think yeah um what should we call this one well you know what i think we've got a perfect title for this this is kind of our rising star segment we've yeah. never done this before we've never fist done bump this. for that my man fist bump for that we've got some special guests and like i t like we told you everybody during this episode we have uh, had the pleasure of doing our first ever remote broadcast for all of our episodes. So at the time of this re recording, we're in lovely Muskoka, and we've had the chance to meet some lovely people, right, um, that have been up here at, at uh, the Tory Family Cottage, some wonderful people. So sh why don't you shout out to all of them, and then we're going to bring in our two guests as well, too. Okay, so uh, shout out to... Zeal Mark, shout of out course, to Kyle. the host, right? Yep. Uh, shout out to Devin, Liam, Nadia, uh, Blake, um, Jen, and Mike. That's a great group, great team. It's big on champs and chums when we talk about it. And, of course, we have our best of segment, everybody. And it's all about doubles and being a, a great team. And, and, and Vanessa Webb, our best of guest, has is, is, uh, been part of a great doubles pair. Well, I think in this chair right now, 
around this broadcast table, we've got a great pair, a great team here on the show. We want to bring in Alex and Carter. Round of applause for Alex and Carter. Great to have you on the program, guys. You know, we've been getting to know you because you kind of came in the same day that you did. You've been here um, the entire week. So it's great to have you on, on the show. And we're calling this the Rising Star segment because both of you are young talents. And it takes on this sport life and friendship mode as well too but we're going to start the conversation because ladies first carter right of course yeah right we're gonna for, we're <laughs> gonna start off with um i've been listening and learning more about this wonderful story that alex has and i'm gonna let you share about some of the talents and skills and abilities you have in the wonderful world of wrestling alex welcome to the show hi uh thanks for having me so uh. yeah so you tell us how did this love and passion get going for, for, uh, for wrestling? Um, well, this year I just graduated high school, so that makes it about six years ago. Um, Erica Weeb, uh, the now uh, gold Olympic medalist, had previously come into our school before she won her medal and did a little demonstration, a little chat with us about women in sports and how important it is for women to feel empowered and how, um, how equal we are to men and how we can be just as strong as well. And I thought that was really moving and really powerful in uh, the way she, um, she brought herself before us and the way she presented it. It just fascinated me so much and I had to try it. So the second I got to Sacred Heart, I uh, joined the school team, and since then I fell in love with it. Then joined uh, Pathway Club Jiu-Jitsu, and uh, I've been there for about a year now. And since then I've just, I, I love wrestling. I can't get enough of it. Well, what a fascinating story, right? And I mean, Erica Weeb, of course, got such big national profile, all her accomplishments as, as an Olympian. And it sounds now as a, as a mentor and a motivator. We talk a lot about this on Champs and Chums, uh, Alex. Um, why don't you talk a little bit more about some of the mentors and those who've inspired you in your life, right? Even just beyond wrestling, you know, and, and, and just your age, if you don't mind me asking. I'm uh, 18 currently. Rising star indeed, everybody. So what about some other mentors in your life that have really made a difference for you? Uh, for me, a huge impact in not just the sport, uh, but outside the sport as well is my coach, Tim Hickey. Uh, Shout so out to Tim Hickey, but maybe a future friend of the show here. <laughs> Since he, uh, since he met me, quite honestly, he, ha he saw something in me, and that gave me a lot of confidence. He brought me up and trained me and showed me what I could do. And even apart from wrestling, uh, if I was struggling outside with schoolwork or with home life, uh, he was always the first one there with a pat on the back or a high five or a, just a smile waiting for me in the dojo if I was having a tough day. He, just, he always knew how to get me out of my funk, and it was really helpful. Oh, that's amazing to hear. You know, success is never a straight line and having wonderful people around you. We talk a lot about it on Champs and Chums is great. And uh, speaking of having wonderful people around me, my chum over here, my co-host, he's got a question for you. Yeah. So um, throughout your uh, wrestling career, what has been your favorite move to pin other people down? Oh, wow. Ooh. That is a really good question, Ashton. That, that's a great question. I love that question. Um, we learn quite a lot of different pins. Um, 
My favorite would be a splatel. You uh, basically get your opponent's legs on either side of their body, so they're almost in a, a horizontal split. Uh, and then they're upside down with their legs above their head. So they're not too comfortable, but if you can pull it off, it looks pretty sweet. That's great. Uh, and so what does the pathway look like for you, right? I mean, you know, you, we've said success is not a straight road. I mean, what, what are your dreams and, and aspirations ultimately? I mean, you're so talented in the world of wrestling. Uh, what, 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 what's the pathway look like for you? Uh, well, my, my goal is the Olympics for sure, or even just uh, Worlds would be amazing. Uh, competing for Team Canada would be such an honor as well. And uh, hopefully I could get there someday. Uh, came second in Ontario this year, so we're just getting started. We're gonna, we're just gonna keep going. That's great. That's great to hear. And of course, so we talked about having a great team, a great, uh, you know, doubles partner, and you, you certainly have one in Carter. I've gotten to know this young man all week up here at the time of this recording, and what a. Fa fascinating man you are and I want to say thank you because you've taken some of the young ones like my co-host over here under your wing and done such a great job and uh, much appreciated from some of the older folk that have been here so thank you very much for that of course but, yeah anytime well I but your sporting exploits and your talents have been quite impressive as well too I understand that you know hockey has been kind of near the top of your list yeah hockey's really been my main interest for for pretty much all my life although I I, I do kind of have a wide range of, of abilities and, and skills in different sports, uh, I find that hockey is, is certainly my favorite one. That's great. And uh, what, what position then? Uh, I'm a defenseman. Uh, I'm right-handed, so normally the, the right side there, and uh, I'd like to consider myself maybe a defensive defenseman. I certainly don't uh, put up too many points, but I, I find myself with a relatively high plus-minus and lots of block shots at the end of the game. Oh, well, that's amazing, uh, Carter. And, and uh, is there any kind of NHL defenseman or, or, or forwards, for that matter, that you kind of model your game after, that you would say, you know, this is the kind of player I'd like to, like to, hmm. to be? I'm trying to think of uh, an NHL player I'd maybe want to... Uh, I believe it was David Krejci one time uh, for the Boston Bruins. Uh, if I remember correctly, during the playoffs, he had blocked, I think, three or four different shots on a penalty kill, and the first shot had actually fractured his femur, and he yeah. pushed through that penalty kill um, and blocked, like, three more shots with a broken leg. And uh, I remember when I saw that on TV, I was pretty impressed with that, and I thought... If I had that same dedication to my team, like, like that—that's as much as I could give. That—that would I—I would want to give that. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of team, though, I mean, it's been fascinating meeting the both of you this week. I mean, you know, and uh, we see is now friends of the show, if you will, right? But um, I, I maybe like to end this great first time segment. Or Ashton, do you have a question for our our, our young man? Uh, yeah. Your your yeah. Your, uh, your your leader of the week, it seemed, Carter. Um. So, I know you you say uh, you don't get many goals, maybe, because you're more of a defenseman. Um, but what's probably when you're trying to get a goal, your favorite shot? My favorite shot. My favorite shot must be when I get the puck along the boards in the offensive zone. I like to walk the line towards the center of the blue line and take a nice big clapper, nice like knee high or below, especially when there's traffic in front because I love it when it goes right off someone and in the net. Um, it doesn't even have to be my goal as long as it goes in the net. 
It's one of my favorites. Oh, that, that, that's a winner for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I said, uh, you know, we've got a great team here around the table. And, uh, you know, it, it's great to see young people doing amazing things, having a belief in themselves. We talk a lot about it on Champs and Chums. Um, but you believe in each other. So I'd, we'd like to close this segment maybe by asking you guys, what's the things that inspires you the most about each other? Maybe I'll start with, uh, well, I'll start with uh, Carter. What inspires you the most about, uh, about um, Alex? Well, Alex and is... I, a, is it, or is it sandwiches? Sandwich. I heard a good story about she, sandwiches. She is very impressive with the, the culinary skills, specifically within the sandwich-making arts. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. Um, I, yeah. But. Yeah, she is a very good chef, just to put that out there. Yeah. Um, but what my, inspires me most about Alex is the fact that she's such a quick learner, um, and she's so dedicated at uh, whatever she does, whether it's wrestling or just her personal fitness, school, um, and anything else in her life. She's so dedicated. You know, this is her first full season of wrestling uh, in, in the, the club wrestling aspect, which is completely different compared to the high school wrestling here in Canada. Um, it's a much faster tempo, much more competitive. And the fact that she came second in Ontario, um, in a weight class actually above what she intended to compete in, I think is incredibly impressive and I'm so proud of her and I cannot wait to see what she does next season. Oh, amazing. Great words. Great words. And, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> great words. And we're going to have, uh, Alex share the inspiration that you feel for, for Carter. What a, what a wonderful segment is Ashton. I think we actually have to, to make this a full time thing. This rising stars uh, segment. Yeah. Yeah. I think we do. I, I really do think we do, but, uh, when she's ready, she's going to share what inspires her about, uh, about Carter. <laughs> Sorry. I was uh, tearing up a little bit. That was pretty sweet. That's okay. This is a sweet <laughs> moment here on champs and chumps. Um, I think the thing most inspiring about Carter is his drive. Um, I've known him for about six years now, and there's never been a moment where I've seen him sit still. He always he's always on to the next thing, the next challenge, the next the next thing he could he can beat or he can he can win at. Uh, whether it's juggling three jobs at once to get busy, or if he's acing getting on a roll at school, he's crushing everything he does and I just I love watching him when he gets in the zone because nothing can stop him he just he's not he's not gonna stop for anyone he's gonna he's gonna get what he came for I love that about him well what a wonderful way to end this debut segment um so that's uh, Alex and Carter um just a great team great example of rising stars uh we wish you continued success with all that you're doing in sports life and friendship you guys are uh Two great individuals, but you're, two, you're, you're an amazing team. So it's nice to see that. Uh, so best of luck. That's awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Ashton, you're going to take us to break on episode 36. This ends our father-son free-for-all segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Father-Son Fun Talk, you're listening to episode 36 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Happy August, everybody. We hope you're doing well. 
It's Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast chair. And, uh, well, listen, this has been a super, a spectacular summer episode already. Uh, you heard earlier in the program, uh, we've met some new champs and chums at the time of this recording, and we've got an amazing, sensational father-son duo as well, too, with a very interesting, very exciting sports connection. Now, let me set this up, everybody, because, you know, it's summertime, and uh, you've probably all been at a lot of amusement parks, and you've, you've kind of gotten into behind the wheel of something that they call bumper cars. Well, I tell you something, there's a, there's a lot more competition right across the province, and we're pleased to be joined by Elliot Ball, who's actually a competitive amateur go-kart driver. So, uh, Elliot, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you. Awesome, and it's a pleasure to welcome uh, Mike Ball, Ballsy, <laughs> as, as, as everyone calls him, and it's so great to, uh, to meet you guys. Mike, I've heard so much about you through Mark, and... Uh, well, why don't we actually start off with your dad here, being a father-son podcast. And uh, Mike, I know uh, through all your great accomplishments um, in career, you've had obviously some uh, great impact in sport. Did you want to tell the fans and listeners a bit about that? Well, I guess, I mean, as a participant, I, uh, I grew up out in BC, so there was a little bit less of a hockey culture on Vancouver Island where I grew up, but some of my sports of focus were, uh, were soccer, basketball, volleyball and you know it's a it's a great place to grow up if you're into you know outdoor sports particularly the soccer it's a bit of a hotbed um you know i, I grew up in the same neighborhood as, as steve nash is the name we drop all the time from oh, our wow. neighborhood but you know it's a it was a an area where there were just a number of incredible athletes so you kind of grow up in that and sports becomes a, a huge part of your life and then i was fortunate enough to go on uh do my university with our mutual friend mark out in sudbury Ontario at Laurentian University in the sports administration program and through that that's I ended up... That's a very up, highly regarded program as well too. Yeah you know it's and that's uh, I think a credit to the the uh, people that are at the helm of that program they've always really had excellent people and it's been it's always been a little bit uh, tricky to get into the program I mean I traveled across the country to do it uh, there's a few you know international students that would come for it all the time and you see people now after graduation who I'm not in that space anymore but you know when I worked for the Leafs and Raptors I was and you know, coming right out of school, having an internship with uh, with or with uh, the Grizzlies at the time, Orca Bay Sports and Entertainment, and I probably you know even when I worked for the Rogers on the broadcasting side, uh, there was a sports angle for me because I was at the Fan 590 for a number of years. So, yeah, to answer your question, I think sports have always been an important part of my life. When I was you know younger and I was competitive, you know at university playing on the varsity team, I, I was new to Ontario. I got to see a lot of the beautiful province of Ontario, which was great. And, you know, then on to a career where sports for the sort of first half of my career before I got into more of a media focus, it was really predominantly about sports. So it's, it's I think it's important. Well, that's phenomenal. And uh, you know what? We're going to go across the broadcast table to connect the father-son uh, as part of this special broadcast. And uh, pleased to meet you, Elliot. It's, yeah, it's great getting you. to know you. And uh, your, um, your aspirations um, have, have just been fascinating to hear on, on what go-karting means to you. But why don't you sort of package it up and share with the listeners, I mean, what, what got you into the sport of go-kart racing and, and what's the passion point? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, so my dad, as he was saying, is, is big sports, um, sports, uh, sports guy. So, um, 
since all his life has been sports driven and throughout his life he's been doing lots of sports it it uh, got me into a lot of sports and i've uh i've tried uh lots of like soccer you know baseball you know football all all those sports and um i mean i i i've been having trouble trying to find the sport that uh works with me but um i've i've been switching sports quite a bit but i've i think i've found the um the sport that really means something to me. So, um, I mean, I, I've had a lot of uh, sports um, from coming through my dad, but uh, the main the main reason that I've gotten into racing specifically was through my stepdad. Um, I mean, as I was saying, he's he's actually a professional racer. Uh, Fred Roberts is his name, and he's uh, been into racing for quite a few years now. But uh, so I've I've always had a love for cars since I was young. I mean, even even the movies cars, like I've uh, I've loved them ever mm. since we got. Uh, they came out and uh, I've just just cars have really resonated with me and um, that that love for cars and that love for sports never really attached me but then when I figured out how I could bring those two together and uh, as soon as I got in that go-kart for the first time just the amount of joy and um, and just fun I had was 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 awesome so uh, I really tried to get into it and uh, I mean it's the thing that sucks is that it's a really expensive sport I mean probably one of the most expensive you can get into but um, Man, it's it's uh, loads of fun and just the amount of joy I get when driving. Just is really well, you, and you talk too. about the joy and the passion you feel for it. Why don't you describe the culture? You know, we've had a lot of special guests here on Champs and Chums, and some of them have played um, and competed in sports just like you, which you're you're, you're kind of competing. It's you know, it's it's team it's team Elliot, right? Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. as opposed sure. to the team game. What is that? How does that translate into sort of the go karting world as you compete in the league you in? I mean, I'm sure you've got uh, you know great great ch- uh, chums you know that mm-hmm. you know you see off the track but you know it's kind of game on when yeah. you're competing how does that work in the, in, in the culture of go-karting yeah i mean for sure so i mean go-karting tends to be like it, it can be a solo sport and can be in uh, a team sport okay. but uh i mean yeah for the most part when you're in that cart it's just it's just you and the go-kart and you push your hardest and you're always trying to get to the top um but i mean yeah so it's it's the thing about it is it's uh it's morally based on solo team rather than most sports like if you if you were to take volleyball for example or soccer you have team sports and you work together so i mean it's one of the few sports where it's actually solo driven and um i mean you're really just trying to push to to the top and it's it's a lot of pressure because you know that if you mess up then uh you're gonna you're gonna have consequences i think you probably get more of a team environment the higher you go in the sport because then you've got your pit crew to rely on and you know your you know race crew and and that kind of thing but sure uh, so next year you probably do have more of a team yeah, environment yeah. when we get to the stage where we're <laughs> buying a cart and buying a trailer and <laughs> yeah. yeah, doing all those things. Well, Man. we're going to get into that commitment that definitely parents have to make in a sec. But um, speaking of team, I wanted to bring in my co-host, my uh, Champs and Chums co-host, Ashton, who's got a, a question for uh, for Elliot. Uh, go ahead, Ashton. Uh, yeah. Uh, since you're in go-karting, and um, I want to bring it to um, the car perspective like the go-kart what is your favorite racing brand um racing brand uh as in like racing like level like for example like f1 or nascar yeah probably f1 or nascar oh yeah yeah i mean for sure yeah i mean i, I love f1 i've, I've watched f1 i, I uh, play the game <laughs> quite a bit I, I have a nice pretty nice setup at home but yeah 
uh, uh, once again, my, my passion, my car-driven passion, that, that's definitely helped. I mean, watching F1 and, you know, getting involved and trying to get myself involved with go-karting is, uh, yeah, definitely helped from F1. I want to uh, tag over to Dad here as well, too. I mean, obviously, uh, why don't you speak about, um, you know, watching your son grow? I mean, you know, he's obviously accomplished many things, but you see him taking this pathway. Uh, Mike, how does it make you, how's it making you feel? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think this for any any parent who, you know, is, is reasonably accomplished in sport and then has their child take a path that's really different from theirs. I think you have this hope early on, like, oh, you know, I played volleyball. Gosh, I hope he plays volleyball. And, you know, in Canada, obviously, the hockey parent is probably, you know, the most common. And, you, you know, you, you say, oh, great. I'm ho- I hope he plays right wing just like I did kind of thing. And, you know, it, it's weird when you're when your child goes a different direction of sport you don't know anything about, you're sort of learning with them as they go. And I guess it makes you a little bit more of a fan and a little bit less of a, of a sort of behind-the-scenes coach, you know, because I don't really know what to tell them, you know, too much about, about driving a go-kart. And, um, you know, we had, a, we had a race the other day where he was out and it was wet. And, you know, these, these cars, they've got the slick tires. They don't have any traction on these tires. So these cars really hydroplane when they're the carts i should say really hydroplane in the wetness and he came out in this i was had my video going he has the proud dad you know in the stands and i've got the video going of him coming around turn two and he's coming in really hot and it's wet and i go oh god he's spinning out i say this right on the video oh and boy. about half a second later he's double 360 seven right 720 yeah, spin yeah. and he yeah. drops from first to eighth and comes back on the track and I kind of stopped filming thinking, oh, well, this isn't a race anyone's yeah, going to yeah. want to see later. And, you know, by, what's that, a five or six lap race? Yeah, it, it was, it's a, it's a five-lap five race. So you have the outlap uh, and the um, in-lap. Sorry, you have the, yeah, the outlap and the in-lap. So your pitting lap doesn't really count, and nor does your exiting lap. But we have five main laps that are actually once the race begins. And, uh, yeah, so I spun out on the very first lap. Uh, and your heart's in your throat as the parent in the grandstand. You're like, oh, he's spinning, you know. Oh, geez. Uh, I was just right. going to ask you that, too. Yeah, yeah, just to jump in on this great uh, chat between father and son. Um, you know, there's a need for speed yeah, in, in, in the sure. passion, in the sport that you've selected to go. And maybe I'm going to start with dad. I mean, does your heart skip a beat, Mike, when you're yeah, going well, to some I mean, of these league races? Or? Sometimes, especially when he's in that position. He's spinning. He's not in control of the cart, and he's spinning, and you're, he's vulnerable that, you know, someone, before they can react to the yellow flag, you know, they're into T-bone and right into him, or sometimes you'll see these carts run up on top of one another. I mean, i got to admit the place that he uh, carts at. They're, they're very in control of the place. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it dangerous by any means. I mean, the carts are so low to the ground. The center of gravity is so low. It's not like there's a whole ton of risk but once in a while you see a guy you know sit up on top of another cart but you know this this and this race in the rain was the first time i'd really seen him race in in a ton of water on the track and it was wild i mean that spin out put him into eighth place and by the last lap he was making a really nice push for for first you know and i hadn't you know i'd put my phone away because i'm like no one wants to see this and it was miraculous watching him go around the track and you know as a guy who's never really been a in any sort of auto sport, I'm watching this. I'm, oh, I can't believe how good he is today. It's just, you know, so you're proud, right? Oh, that's fabulous. Good to hear. Now, to, to, to sort of turn it back to you then, uh, Elliot, this need for speed. And, we, you know, we heard your, your dad and sort of the real perspective as a father, right? Mm-hmm. And I can, uh, what does it feel like for you and knowing that, you know, there there's an element of risk yeah, in, in sure. what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, 
you, you try not to think about it when you're on track. You're trying to stay as focused as possible and, once again, take that fastest line that you can to get around the track. Um, but, yeah, you got a lot of excitement and a lot of uh, – you're really nervous as well. But, um, yeah, when, when you're coming around that track, like, uh, like I, as when I did that spin out, man, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm screwed. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm eighth for the race. I'm, I'm last because there was eight people racing. Uh, I qualified in third there. But um, I, I ended up dropping to eighth after that spin out. So, man, I was just nerve-wracking. Yeah. It was just and, you know, it's one of those things, right? You, you take the learnings from that in order to kind of get better and to get to the next step. It's almost you got to... You, you know, wipe it out of your memory, right? And just uh, sure. keep going, keep going. Yeah. Ashton? Uh, so this is a question for Mike. Okay. Um, do you think that Elliot will go far in the sport he has chosen, uh, go-karting? Well, I mean, I think he has the potential, and that's, I think, all any parent can really look for is that potential. You never know really how far someone's going to take it, and especially when they get to a real high level, there's a huge amount of commitment that goes into it and a huge amount of work. But it's amazing to see a young person at a young age who you can see they're pretty good at something, you know, despite not having a lot of experience. You know, he's the league he's in. Some of these kids have been racing seven, eight years and he comes in in his first year and he's having podium finishes. So, I mean, there's something there that it's like, well, he's kind of better than average at this. Let's see where he can go with it. And you just try to be as supportive as possible. But I mean, the answer to the question is yes. I mean, I definitely see a possibility for him. So. Uh, Elliot, why don't you tell us um, a little bit of what, what does the landscape look like for uh, uh, go-kart racing in Canada? Like, is there, you know, the next yeah. stage? I mean, we hear so much uh, yeah. in some of the, you know, bigger sport development programs. There's there's truly a pathway. There's financial support, et cetera. Uh, what does it look like in, in, in your world of go-karting? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough to, to take up the sport in Canada, especially because, like, I mean, in a lot of different countries, racing is such a big sport. Um, but in Canada, it's 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 very hard to find a track to race at. Like the closest track to us is like an hour an hour away, an hour drive. So I mean, it's it's definitely it's definitely hard to get into it in Canada specifically. Um, but I mean, uh, that's why that's why it took me so long to actually find this sport that I'm connected to. Like for example, trying soccer, trying hockey is very easy to do in Canada because it's very easy to get access to. But then go karting is very hard to get into. <laughs> I yeah. think there. I had a, a really good friend growing up. And it was funny because he was, name's Alan Bernal, if anyone's listening. Alan was a fantastic athlete, just unbelievable athlete. And he was a go-karter. And I still, from time to time, I'll send him a text message and say, oh, hey, you know, Elliot's on the podium today. And I'll say, oh, that's great. And he's still doing go-karting at, what am I now, 47. So he's 47 years of age, and he's still driving go-karts out in, around Victoria area. But, um, you know, I'm thinking as a kid, Alan was always on my sports teams, you know, whether it was soccer or basketball or whatever and it was always like oh, you know we got a really big game coming up this weekend against this really good team and here's alan he's off go-karting this weekend and for me it was always this oh yeah i didn't like go-karting because it took away one of the best athletes that i played sports with took him off our team from time to time so i do find there's a little bit of irony in the fact now i've got the kid who's who's into go-karting which again as i said i don't know much about and i'm just sort of following his lead so a bit of irony there and Mike, this has been and Mike and Alan have been sensational interview, and uh, just a, a couple more questions. Uh, uh, Mike, what's the greatest uh, w maybe lessons or words of advice you can share with Elliot as he keeps, you know, I mean, it's whether beyond the track or off the track. As a dad, what's you? What's some of the greatest lessons and words of advice you've shared with them? Well, I think it's a good sort of metaphor for him in the sense that it's both sport and life. 
but it's one of those things that's go for it. And that's not necessarily my nature. I tend to be sort of a conservative. You know, if I'm, you know, if I'm out on the water, I'd rather be a sailboat than a powerboat. You know what I mean? I don't have this aggressive need for speed. And I think with him, it's like, I'm like, God, I wouldn't pass on the first corner, Elliot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wait, do it at turn one. I'd wait, like, just stay right up on the guy and then do it at turn eight. And we have that conversation. And then he goes out there and he's passing the guy on turn two. I'm like, oh my God, why are you so aggressive? And it's, you know, it's that, the nature of that sport is kind of the go for it mentality. I think that translates to life where he's kind of got that, you know, go for it mentality. This is something new, something I want to try. I'm not going to be scared of it. I'm just going to go for it. Right. Which is nice to see in your, in your child, even though maybe you're not always like that or maybe not like that anymore as the case may be. (laughs) But uh, no, I think that's a good sort of one of those things where sports, um, emulates life and it's uh, I think it's a good spirit that he has in that sense great stuff and uh, Ellie we're going to leave the, f- uh, the final word to you I mean you know obviously you, you, you've taken this pathway you're, you're doing some amazing things in, in, in this world and, and, and we wish you all the best with that but when you think about your life right and you mm-hmm. think about what your dad has done why don't you talk a bit about what kind of inspiration has he had on you yeah I mean He's had, he's had lots of inspiration on me, um, especially like thriving and uh, thriving in, in almost everything he does, just like he was talking about his job and, uh, and almost everything he does, he, he tries his best to succeed and most mostly does succeed. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I try my best to be like that in go-karting, right? Like every, every quarter I'm going around, I'm like, oh man, I hope I stay on the track and I hope I make this pass, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, I'm and, and totally, definitely, definitely um, with the with the staying on task, uh, like I, I sometimes have trouble, especially me with ADHD. Um, I, I have sometimes trouble focusing when I'm in that go-kart, but, I, but my dad with also having ADHD, when he does other things like work and I, I can see that he can really stay on task. So I, uh, I try my best to be like that too when I'm in the go-kart. I wow. think one other important guy that we can't leave out is we're in a fortunate situation where we have sort of a very... Uh, cohesive, we communicate well in terms of what they call, I guess, the nuclear family, right? The modern family where um, Elliot's got another significant man in his life who's just a lovely person and is more experienced in this avenue. So he's also provided a ton of guidance, right? So again, if I'm sort of trying to help out, a lot of the times I'll defer to him, right? So we've got we've got a dynamic that not everybody has, which is, uh, which is interesting. So I, he's got another person that he can look up to who who's very influential. So I think he's pretty lucky. Oh, that's amazing, guys. Well, uh, Elliot, I wish you continued success in this uh, direction you're going, hoping you can accelerate your career, you, pun yeah, intended, sure. <laughs> uh, as well. It's been so nice to uh, meet you up here at the time of this recording. We're up in lovely Muskoka. It, it's August, and uh, Mike, I've heard so many great tales about you. So great to meet None you. None of them are true. <laughs> no, well, well, the good ones are true. Only the good ones. You know, and uh, we've had great conversations about... Uh, obviously our our main chum that connects us mark but other great chums in the world of uh uh, sports and communication so it's been great getting to uh a chance to chat with you and uh yeah wishing you all the best in uh, your career this has been a great father-son segment and ashton you're gonna take us to break on episode 36 this ends our father-son free-for-all segment more father-son fun talk coming up you're listening to the champs and chums podcast Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy August, everybody. It's episode 36 of the show. 
Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast chair. So glad that you're with us here for our late summer episode of Champs and Chums. And Ashton, it's now time for our All Pro Go segment. And fans, you've come to know this one. Our All Pro Go segment is a Did You Know Sports Spotlight. That's where my chum Ashton gives us a little bit more insight into a sport. And this one is a real beauty because it actually was something that we experienced this month, Ashton. Ashton, what is our All Pro Go for Episode 36? Our All Pro Go for Episode 36 is crud. Crud? Now, you know, for most of these listeners, they might say, is this a sport? Yeah, they're probably going to ask that. They're probably going to ask that, but you know who's got the answers, everybody? Ashton. Ashton, take it away. Crud is a fast-paced game uh, loosely based on billiards or pool uh, and originated in the Royal Canadian Air Force. It is played in units of the Canadian Armed Forces and the Canadian Coast Guard, the United States Air Force, the United States Navy, the United States Marine Corps, and the Australian Army, and the Royal Australian Air Force. The game is played on an on an old pool or snooker table, usually the latter, uh, using the cue ball, the shooter ball, and one object and one object ball, mostly commonly a striped ball, since it is easiest to determine if it is in motion. Pool cues are not used. The shooter ball is launched across the table surface with the hand uh with the hand uh, a game of crud uh involves moving around the table and other players trying to grab the shooter ball and either strike uh, the object ball before it stops moving or sink it. There you go, everybody. That is probably a new one for many of you. It's called crud. We um, and uh, so as we're recording this um, uh, this great segment here, all pro go. We're thinking about our time up in Muskoka Lakes when we actually played this game. Yeah. And Ashton, what a fun game it was! And now we we have to shout out to a a chum of chums, Mike Ball for introducing us to this uh so what do you want to say to mike and and how uh, how much fun did you have with that uh ashton well our tech crud's a great game um and i mean it's hard to learn um it's definitely a game where you have to focus on the instructions and uh, thanks to Mike for um, teaching us how to play Arctic Crud. Yeah, he, he's a certified Arctic Crud player. And, he, you know, him and I were chatting and he was telling me there's a real great sports connection to this, everybody. Well, Mike as well, too, uh, spent some time at Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. And uh, um, he's also spent some time at West where he's from. And uh, he was actually learned this game, Ashton, from the CFL. I believe he's a Hall of Famer, but he certainly was an all-star kicker. Dave Cutler. Wow. So the some of you listeners uh, of a certain vintage and those who follow CFL football, that's where Mike had actually learned the game from. It was Dave Cutler, the former place kicker for the, uh, let's see, he starred with Edmonton. He actually would have been a teammate, Ashton, of episode 14 guest, Neil Lumsden. Yeah, that's true. That's right. So, um, anyhow, that was a really fun game. Lots of energy, lots of pace. And, yeah, I mean, it, it can be a little tricky to learn. 
especially if you're uh, the way we did it, I guess, up around the pool table was by age. And unfortunately, I was the eldest, the elder statesman of the entire team up there. So I, I was following some really good players, uh, Mike included, and of course, Mark. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. That is Arctic Crud, everybody. Check it out. Play it. You'll love it. Good stuff. Well, there's more show coming up. You're listening to episode 36 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Father-Son Fun Talk, you're listening to episode 36 of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, it's now time for our signature segment. That's right, fans. It's our Champs and Chums segment where we salute our stars on and off the field. And uh, we've taken some really special and unique ways of sharing this segment, Ashton. And we're going to do that again. In fact, everybody... Uh, Ashton and I agreed that we're going to uh, to make a big racket. Do you like that pun, Ashton? Yeah. Uh, we're going to make a big racket, loud and proud, because we're going to salute everybody this month, champs and chums from the wonderful sport of Canadian tennis. Ashton, what do you think about doing it this way and saluting some of our episode champs and chums? Yeah, it's uh, gonna be amazing. That's right, uh, amazing, unique, and uh, we've got some special uh, uh, people, and uh, we're gonna start off with. So, uh, Ashton, who is your champ and chum of episode thirty-six? One of them. My champ and chum of episode thirty-six is Vanessa Webb. Oh, what a great selection. You don't have to dial back too far, everybody, to listen to how great Vanessa Webb is. Uh, a champ and chum of Canadian tennis and a champ and chum here in episode 36, Vanessa Webb. Uh, Ashton, um, why, uh, why is Vanessa champ and chum? Well, um, uh, dial back to the interview. You'd hear Vanessa saying, uh, the rise of women's sports is very important, and she's an amazing leader just to uh, get uh, the rise in women's sports, which is just amazing. Well, Ashton, that's so good of you to uh, to pick up so quickly because, um, you know, I mean, I, I can only tell you all the great memories and moments and opportunities to team up with Vanessa during my time in tennis, in Canadian tennis, and they've been all golden, absolutely. But for you to pick that up pretty quickly speaks volumes of her. I mean, and I agree with you. I mean, she's uh, uh, leadership um you know capital l when it comes to her and her vision capital v and you you know you mix that on what she's doing right now to help grow uh the sport along with uh, other key members um within the organization and you just you know think of uh, someone who you know really grinded it out for nine years on the wt tour she had close to 500 career wins in her pro career uh, 35 ITF title. She was the first NCAA, uh, or she was the first Canadian to win an NCAA singles title, played in all four Grand Slams. That's Ashton and Anthony's champ and chum uh, for episode 36. Vanessa Webb, good stuff. Well, it's over to dad here. And um, we're going to talk about uh, another great Canadian tennis name, and that is uh, the great. Daniel Nestor. That's right, everybody. 
Our episode 13 guest uh, is another champ and chum on this episode. And um, his resume is long and deep, everybody, of the great impact that he not only made for Canadian tennis, but what he did for uh, tennis around the world as one of the foremost doubles players. I mean, uh, Nesty, as we all would call him, uh, won 91 men's doubles titles with 11 different partners. He won an Olympic gold at Sydney, so the 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 um, the the one appearance that Vanessa made at the uh, the Olympics at Sydney, Daniel and partner Sebastian Leroux won that. Twelve major doubles titles. I mean, just an incredible career for the chief, as I as I call him, and um, you know, just a, an incredible person, a great ambassador for the game. Um, you know, and uh, it's for all those great reasons. Uh, this this tennis uh, Hall of Fame, Canadian Tennis Hall of Fame legend, uh, Daniel Nestor, is a champion chum of episode 36. Ashton, let's round the corner here. Let's cross the net and, and change sides because you're going to uh, mention and uh, highlight our next champion chum of episode 36. My next champ and chum of episode 36 is Alexandra Wozniak. And what an outstanding uh, a selection as well. Um, we just came off of talking about a Hall of Fame uh, legend as well, uh, Alexandra Wozniak. A- Ashton, why is Alex uh, a champ and chum of this episode? Well, um, with her academy, uh, her tennis academy, she is helping uh, the future of tennis uh, rise and grow and help She's helping uh, young kids, um, like any age, uh, rise their tennis career. And I think that's just a wonderful academy and project to do. Well, Ashton, I mean, you've served up an ace of a reason there for sure, my man. I mean, and she, she was on episode 21, fans, if you didn't get an opportunity to listen to that episode, that was a great uh, episode uh, um, featuring Alex and, uh, you know, she, yeah, she did talk about her academy, Ashton, in Bedford, Quebec, and all the wonderful things she's doing to uh, raise profile for the sport. And, you know, I remember her saying, you know, a lot of about tennis too is, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a healthy place to be, right? Uh, you know, healthy activity, movement. Uh, we talked to Alex during a time when the pandemic was, uh, you know, at, at quite the height. So, um, you know, and she's just a wonderful person and, uh, she, you know, her, her, uh, profession as she came off the court in terms of, uh, building a family too. And that, uh, cute James, who's just North of a year old right now. It's, um, really great to see her doing amazing things. She was at, uh, uh, had the official induction ceremony of, um, her hall of fame nomination into the Canadian tennis hall of fame. Uh, big things from her, a former, uh, 21st ranked player in the world. Um, 363 career wins. What a, what a giant she was. Um, so she is, uh, next champ and chum of episode 36. Okay. Over to dad for the final point. And this is a championship one Ashton. And, I guess technically you wouldn't call uh, this champ and chum uh, people, but I will because my champ and chum for episode 20, 36, my, my apologies, episode 36 is Tennis Canada, the organization 
the team, the team of people, the wonderful place that, um, that I uh, was proud to serve, pun intended, serve for six and a half years. Um, you know, Tennis Canada, out of all the NSOs, the national sport organizations, boy, they, they, they spell it right. They got it right in terms of um, dedicating all the efforts, all the talents, all the skills of the wonderful people there. And there's so many to mention. And, uh, you know, Michael Downey and his team there, the senior executive team, uh, along with uh, the rest of the crew, do a fabulous job. Um, but they got it right in terms of uh, what you just said, Ashton, right, is building the spirit of the next generation of players making the right decisions, having the good conversations, the tough ones as well, too. And uh, the people there are fantastic. Um, I know that even, you know, being, you know, far removed from my my great experiences from tennis. um, But the community is strong. And uh, what a way, Ashton, to highlight our champs and chums, uh, Canadian tennis uh, here this month on Champs and Chums because... This month, as we know, there were the two signature events, that being the National Bank Open events in, uh, in uh, Toronto and Montreal. And Ashton, uh, we didn't get a chance because uh, we were otherwise occupied with uh, cottage time and other commitments, but we would have been down there for sure. Yeah. What was your thought? I mean, because you, Dave, you experienced it for the first time, uh, the production that Tennis Canada puts on. Uh, what was your thoughts of it? Well, it's an amazing uh, tournament that we went to in 2021, the National Bank Open uh, that we went to, and the Aviva Center, uh, now called the Sobe Stadium, is just amazing. It's electrifying in there, and you can already feel the emotion once you just get inside uh, the Sobe Stadium. So um, it's just an amazing uh, place to watch tennis. Amazing energy electric. I want to tag on to all those words, Ashton, because we just gave you fans a Canadian tennis sweep for our champs and chums of episode 36. Okay, a little bit more show to come, and you're listening to episode 36 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums, and Ashton, it's now time to put a final bow on this outstanding gift that we call episode 36 to our fans. Boy, it was an action-packed adventure. A lot of things, different people that have been on the show, rising stars, pro stars, um, but as I always do, Ashton, on episodes of Champs and Chums, I wanted to ask you, what did you learn today? Well, I learned that Vanessa Webb threw out the first pitch at the Toronto Blue Jays game. Well, isn't that a neat factoid? And I kinda, we kind of caught ourselves in that over the course of that great chat with Vanessa Webb that yes, and actually it was um, uh, yours truly, Ashton, your dad, that helped coordinate that with the WTA tour. Uh, you know, it was great to have Vanessa back on the show and trade some really fun memories. What a great gal she is. And uh, uh, it was great fun having her and, and uh, really share her wisdom and inspiration for the fans. Uh, well, what else, Ashton? Well, I also learned um, more about Arctic Crud and how it's played. 
Yeah, that's right. That was quite a fun thing. And it had the sports connection as well, too, knowing that our chumma chums there uh, uh, learned it. Mike learned it from Dave Cutler, the former place kicker of the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, yeah, well, everybody, uh, it's been an amazing show. We've had a, a cavalcade of wonderful people that have joined us, uh, Ashton. Um, but first and foremost, who do we want to thank for helping us uh, put the show together? We want to thank the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who helped produce the show. That's right, the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis for all your love and support. We want to thank our best of guest, Vanessa Webb, for joining us on Champs and Chums. And as I just mentioned a few minutes ago, we had a wonderful cast and crew who joined us for our first remote broadcast of Champs and Chums from lovely Muskoka Lake. So we want to thank uh, the rising star uh, and amateur wrestler Alex Ciccolini. We want to thank that hockey, hockey player and that star, that stalwart defender Carter Rennick for joining us on the show. Uh, Ashton, who else do we want to thank? We want to thank Mark and Kyle DeTorey. That's right, the great, great host that, uh, that made part of our show work up in Muskoka. And we also want to thank Elliot and Mike Ball. That's right, Elliot Ball. You watch him, a great uh, up-and-coming rising star in go-kart racing and his great dad, Mike Ball, all for joining us on the show. And Ashton, speaking of the show, where should fans go to subscribe and check us out? They can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Podbean, and CastBox. And a lots, lots more podcast platform. And as always, fans, you can check us out on social. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, at Champs and Chums. Our website, champsandchums.com. Ashton, this is going to be the most amazing the most awesome signature fist bump my man thank you so much everybody for tuning in and ashton as we always say cheers to champs cheers to chums and cheers to an all-star day thanks for listening